welcome to another edition of After Further Review on WSUM 91.7 FM Madison. I'm Vincent Hesperick, and it is somewhat of a tragedy because for the first time after two years, I am not joined by Alex Schuster. He has an exam presentation during this time, and he actually tried to skip part of his presentation to come run in here and give a take quick and then come running back out. But uh, I think that he, he made the right call in focusing on his uh, academics instead of this nonsense. But we have ourselves a star-studded crew for this special two-hour edition. First, we have R.J. Carroll. R.J., how you doing? Pretty good. Excited to be here. I know you do a ton of broadcast, especially hockey. We've, we've suffered through a couple of games, so it's good to have yeah, you in the studio right. here. And then we have the great Henry A. Moore. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Henry, a scale of 1 to 10, how would you, how knowledgeable would you say you are in sports? I'm going to be honest, it's probably uh, like a, like maybe a 3. Awesome. Um, honestly, I do mostly uh, music stuff here at the station. Uh, I am, however, from Miami, so I'm a big Miami sports guy. You know, I love the Dolphins, I love the Heat, uh, of course. Yeah, we're going to let you in here nonetheless. And All we're, right, we're, yeah. we're su- I'm super excited to have you because we're kind of we're, we're going to have some special guests joining us in the midst of the program. Not all of them are sports fans, although RJ probably knows more sports than both of us combined. Um, but we're going to start. We always start off with Rate My Take, or we all come up with opinions ahead of time, present them on the show. But they're not necessarily sports opinions this time. So I guess usually we flip something. See who goes first. I guess I'm really the only one who's been a consistent member of the show. Usually when Alex is here, we flip to decide who goes first. But I'll just go ahead right now and start it out. Um, Christmas is coming up, and there's a ton of great present ideas. And although there's one company that is incredibly popular, they have been strifling the American people for a very long time and have been greatly hurting the pockets of the middle-class American people. Of course, I'm talking about Lego. Uh, I love Lego quite a bit. Do you guys have those at all? When I was younger, I played with them a little bit. Yeah, same here. I was like a massive Lego man, and I was like always asking my kids, like, oh, I got to get this set. My personal favorites were the uh, the Creator 3-in-1s, you know? Those are uh, good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you get like, you can, um, it gives you an excuse to like tear them apart and rebuild them, because I oh, think yeah. building's half the fun. You get you going know? with the Legos a little bit, and then like all of a sudden it's been three hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't uh, bought a Lego in quite some time, but looking, you know, sometimes I'm really bored. You know, I was at the mall the other day, and I they saw the Lego store, so I just went in, thought, what the heck, and I realized that they are putting all of the most valuable, most exciting minifigures in the most expensive Lego sets. And it makes me so angry to see that if you want Darth Vader, in my opinion, the pinnacle of Star Wars, you have to pay a minimum of $70. That just breaks my brain. <laughs> and they know that people want Darth Vader, but they don't give it to him. And this isn't just in Star Wars. I mean, you guys Ninjago fans? Oh, yeah. I was No, not at all. Oh, come on. I RJ. watched like the uh, show a little bit when I was a kid, but I don't think I had any like sets. Yeah, that, that's fair. But if you wanted to get Pythor, uh, the leader of the Serpentine Clan, you had to get the ultimate like ninja machine for like 80 bucks. And then instead of having the Great Devourer and the Elemental Dragon in two separate sets, they combine them both together, put some cruddy side fixture on the side, and then charge you $120 for the whole thing, and then put all the good minifigures in it. So I love Lego quite a bit, although I haven't had one in some time. But just from this outside consumer perspective, especially as a college student, I think that they're, they got some devious intentions behind uh, the way they place their figurines. Well, I remember, like, one time I went to Toys R Us as a kid, you know, uh, rest in peace, but, like, <laughs> I got, like, this silver, like, Stormtrooper thing, and I was thinking to myself, like, wow, this is really cool. So I, uh, honestly, I didn't give it uh, the best treatment. I got it very greasy with my kid hands. Um, you know, I think I, like, invited it to a nice pizza dinner, to say the least, um, and, um, 
I don't know. Looking back, it was probably worth a lot of money, so now I kind of regret yeah, that. I don't know. If, if, I mean, how much did you spend for it? Do you remember? I have no idea. Ago? I think my parents were the ones uh, cashing the checks back then. I, I don't think that's real silver, dude. Because they have oh, like, yeah. oh no, not real. No, probably no. not. No. So usually we grade takes on a scale of one to ten. Uh, don't give me a ten, um, but average being five, agree wholeheartedly up there. And although this doesn't really work into it, we have to build some sort of uh, tradition here. So, yeah, I mean. I don't, like, have that much experience with Legos, but, I mean, I'm going to kind of agree with what you're saying. I'll give you a 7. Appreciate it. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to say, I mean, a 5. Because on one hand, I do agree. Like, you know, I mean, it's like Lego definitely gouges their customers. But, like, I feel as though the minifigures, in my opinion, were always an afterthought. Because just, like, I, I usually had, like, a standard, like, rotation of minifigures from, like, various sets that I would just kind of, like, put wherever, even if it made no sense whatsoever. Like, uh, you remember those Power Miners things? Oh, of course. Yeah, like, I would, uh... Those were sick. <laughs> yeah, those were awesome. I would have those rock monsters doing, like, Star Wars stuff, Indiana Jones stuff. So, yeah, I did... Most... I kind of just, like, put the minifigures that came with the sets aside, and I was like, we're doing rock monsters today. I respect that mentality. RJ, you have a, a take for us today? I know yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Yeah, no, I just... Do you want sports been, or otherwise? Anything you I want. might go sport. I just brainstormed one last, like, little five minutes. I don't know, Henry, if you might know a lot about this. This is going to be a sports take. Um, I think the transfer portal has gotten kind of out of control in college sports. Um, I, like... I like the idea of, one, like, hey, maybe I'm not getting playing time somewhere. Let me go check out another school. But after that, you got to cut it off. You cannot go to more than two schools unless you want to take a year off. You see these players going three, four schools just changing each year. I say you get a, a pass of going to one school and you can play right, right away, but after that, there's got to be a little bit of a penalty. RJ, I'd give you a 10 if I could. Uh, I got to go nine, though, just because yeah. it wasn't like a full-fledged emotional tears running down my cheeks. <laughs> but I'm with you so much because I totally get, like, people saying there shouldn't be a transfer portal. Not, That's just ridiculous. It makes like, sense. Yeah, but with Joe Burrow, like, he just wouldn't play at Ohio State. and He had a miserable time there. You can't trap somebody there. But when you move a second time, I mean, or a third, yeah, that's when mm -hmm. it's almost like at some point the problem is you. And like, yeah, graduate transfer makes sense. Hey, I'm an alumni of the school, but let me play one more year somewhere else. That makes sense. Like Mordecai did for our, our quarterback. He was an SMU alum, then came here. That makes sense. But at times, I mean, this guy, do you know Dylan Gabriel? Oh, yeah. The quarterback for Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Went from UCF to Oklahoma. Now he's at Oregon. I mean, there's like too much like free agency at this point. You're not in the professionals yet. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I Like I said before, I like the transfer portal, but it shouldn't be like you're signing a player to a one-year free agency deal yeah. whenever they come. Yeah, because this guy, another guy who just uh, committed to Oregon said he's just there to develop and then he's going to go somewhere else. Yeah, I don't get why. Or I saw that too. I don't get why Oregon would bring him on knowing full wells. I guess it's like a one-year rental. Yeah, it doesn't, make it doesn't make any sense. Just pick somewhere. If you don't like it, give it one more shot, then it's called off. Yeah, and the worst part is that you kind of have to embrace this as your coach. Because if you say, oh, this is silly, I'm not going to delve in the transfer portal. It's like, okay, we'll have fun just not getting any good players then. it's And also, it's a lot about, like, even with the transfer portal, it's about money. Like, how much yes. money can you give the, like, oh, I was going to commit to, like, a Kansas, but Georgia just hit me up with, like, a million more dollars, so now I'm going to go there. It's, it's just college sports are starting to get out of control a little bit. No, I understand that. Uh, I def I still understand the idea of like you, you gotta you know help your family out, mm -hmm. and there's some you can make some legitimate money. But when you start moving three, four times, that, that I don't know. I kind of yeah. gets. I mean, I'm sure Henry, you have a very insightful. <laughs> well, on honestly, one. I'm not really sure what the transfer portal is. So, do they like get paid like if they transfer? Uh, it's just college players can switch teams uh, if they want to. They can switch schools like just 
out of nowhere, like, hey, I want to go here next year and I'm going to play right away? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess, like... You can be honest. Yeah, you know, I'm going to have to disagree. You know, I think variety is the spice of life. Get I, off my show. Okay, <laughs> sorry. about. Bye, guys. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'll stay for now. Of course. Um, uh, no, I don't know. You know, uh, I say transfer every semester. Why not, you know? Uh, spend one year at uh, Wisconsin, <laughs> next year at Minnesota. Uh, go out west to uh, UCLA. Go down south to uh, University of Florida. Why not? You know, just uh, transfer around. Uh, that's uh, four years of college. Uh, eight semesters total, transfer eight times. Why not, you know? And then grad school, transfer twice. Yeah. Why not? That'd be pretty funny. Like, the, the just someone's beginning, like, I'm going to transfer every year yeah, somebody no should ex- what. Like, somebody should experiment that and just, like, forewarn every school beforehand. Yeah, like when a scientist, like, has to, like, they have to test their stuff on themselves yeah. to make sure it's like someone needs to like yeah they gotta just go sacrifice to, their career just say like maybe they could do like a little like a four year documentary Heck just yeah. here's I'd my watch that. here's my life at eight schools over four years I think we're onto something here that's a that's really that, good somebody's idea. crazy enough to do something like that I yeah. am yeah, yeah alright we'll do it yeah we'll see you in Miami next year right. <laughs> well I mean to keep it the tradition you gotta slap a number on this one. Oh yeah um Ah, shoot, I'm going to have to say three. I'm really sorry. Don't take it personally. I'm just thinking, I think the idea of making a documentary with a guy transferring, like, as often as possible is too funny to pass up. So I mean, That would be funny. That would be yeah. cool. To, I would watch it. Me too. Oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. So, Henry, you got one for us. I, I have another one, but we're, we're more just trying to I – mean, we have a very loose format yeah, on this show yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess my one, uh, you know, uh, the holiday seasons are here. And, uh, you know, before the show, uh, me and Vince were kind of talking, you know um, – uh, he doesn't. He's not a big fan of uh, one. Uh, All I want for Christmas is you by Mariah Carey, which you know I respect other people's opinions. Um, but here's the thing: I think it's a good song, even if it is a bit overplayed, because I mean it's got like a killer intro. It's got a really good build up. I mean it's an iconic song for a reason, and I think I think it holds up. You know, if you're like in the right headspace when you're going into it, if if you haven't heard in a while, I think it hit. I I think it hits. You know. All right. Um, I definitely understand why it's played so much, um, but I'm going to have to give the four. It's just because, like, there'll be times where I'm already in a bad mood and I'm, like, driving back and it's snowing and stuff. It's like, well, I'm just turn on the radio. got to get my mind off something. I just hear, like, the and just get stop it. Yeah. I mean, it is a, it is a, a bit, like, cheer, you know? Yeah. I do. I'm with you. I think it's a good song, and I think it's a well-played song. I mean, especially in... Christmas time, but I'm gonna maybe I'll start another debate here. I think the reason people think it's overplayed, I do not think Christmas music should be played before like December. Ooh, December. Uh, oh, definitely not. Definitely not the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, be careful with me here. I like. Oh, I understand. I mean, music shows maybe get a pass a little bit, but just like around the house and like you go to a store the day after Thanksgiving, they already have all the Christmas lights up and Christmas trees, Christmas Christmas music. I'd say give it like. No, no earlier than like three weeks before Christmas should that those songs be being played. So start of December, just about like a couple. Of days yeah, into it. maybe like yeah, maybe like second week of December. Yeah. Okay. Um, actually, mean, I'll let you go first, here, Henry. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, I feel, I think, like normally a good metric is you know once it starts snowing, you can start playing Christmas music, but you can't play any after New Year's. Um, but it hasn't really snowed this much like this year, so I feel. I mean, you know, just I think a good met- rule of thumb is after Thanksgiving, you can play like all the Christmas music you want. I kind of have subcategories like uh, 
You know, like uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, for instance. I think you can get away with that one, like first week of December. Uh, meanwhile, something like uh, Little St. Nick, more Santa-centric songs, I think you got to wait more yeah. towards Ooh. Christmas Eve. I that quite like sense. that idea. Yeah, because yeah, some songs sense. are definitely more Christmassy than others. Yeah. I quite like that, but it does drive me crazy. I am a hater of Christmas music overall. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm basically, yeah, I'm, I'm Scrooge. <laughs> uh, lo- love Christmas, but uh, the the songs sometimes drive me bonkers. So, but like now, now I'd like the 19th, like full steam ahead. Yeah, play oh, any yeah Christmas music you want. Embrace it and listen yeah. to Christmas music when you're by yourself. Let's do listen to whatever the heck you want. Yeah. I don't care if it's July, but when I'm turned on the radio, yeah, I'd prefer it to be like two or three weeks before. Christmas. I agree, hundred percent. I, I got to yeah. give you another nine here, RJ. You're kind because, of on yeah, point today. That's what I'm saying on the radio. Like, do whatever you want, like, outside of, like, whatever, the public area. But, like, on the radio, just, like, keep playing the top hits until, like, it's about that time. If I ran a radio station, which hopefully I don't uh, in the future, um, I would not play any Christmas music because that way I could corner the market with people <laughs> like Christmas music. Well, I, I'm pretty sure I actually, like, floated this idea with uh, uh, some WSUM people. I think, like, uh, we might be the only – I, like, floated the idea we do, like, an automatic category for Christmas music but for, like, uh, when DJs are off the air. But I think we might, like – soil a reputation as like the only station that does not do christmas music so i think already <laughs> i mean i think already it's like uh we're the one station that doesn't do christmas music i think you're onto something here henry uh however not when my show's on of, of course. course yeah i'm gonna jump ahead with my second take here uh nothing makes the christmas spirit more like snow and yes it, we have a great view of madison here in the wsm studio and looking around outside there's no snow on the ground whatsoever but as a the mental age of 70 i'm cool with that because the people who think that it's really nice seeing snow on the ground are the people who don't have to shovel because there is nothing worse than getting up in the morning looking outside and seeing you can't even see your sidewalk because it's just like six inches so i mean in madison it's great because we don't have to shovel but when i'm back home and i look on the radar and i see that snow's coming i just think oh god because it's going to be like a really stinky hour it's cool it's it's cool to see coming down it's a pretty cool view especially from like out here if it was snowing right now it'd be pretty be pretty nice to yeah. see, but then once it's over with and you see what you're dealing with, it gets a different story. I'm gonna have to disagree with this. I like shoveling. You know, it makes me oh feel. I, it makes me feel like an outdoors man. You know, you know, uh, even if uh, you're in the suburbs, shoveling snow just makes you feel like a rugged individualist. You know, like you're go, like you're the uh, protagonist of a Jack London novel or something. You know, <laughs> I love that reference. Yeah. Um, hey, it's uh, AP English. What yeah, can I say? Of course. I, I just. Maybe I'm in a special circumstance because we have to shovel our house and then my great aunt Judy's house and my grandma's house down the block. But the, like I'll, I'll push the stuff and like yeah we're getting this to happen. And then I I kind of look up and I just see how much more is left to do. It's like mowing the lawn but actual physical exertion in my yeah. opinion. But I understand it's it adds some aesthetic. I wish uh, I kind of had a blower, but yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just I get, a snow blower. I'll give you a five because I do like. I do like seeing the snow come down. I like. I'm pretty happy when it snows. Like, I think it's a pretty cool thing to see. But I v- heavily dislike shoveling. I, it's a, not a very fun thing to do, in my opinion. Okay, I feel kind of bad. I've been giving you guys no, like no, no problem. All right, yeah, I'm gonna have to say one. Unfortunately, oh, I, wow. I, I, I'm a shoveling man. You know, I like shoveling. You know, it's fun. Yeah. In a weird uh, way, kind of. You know, just kind of like a. I don't know. It's hard to describe, but just it's fun in a weird way. <laughs> RJ, you have a second take for us here. Oh no, I uh, I could try and think of one. Okay, well I'll um I'll kind of set you up here because I want to jump back to sports a little bit because yeah. I heard you had a, a really fun weekend. You went to Buffalo, yeah. uh, and watched the Bills play because you're from Michigan though, but you're a Bills fan. Yeah, so my entire dad's side of the family is from Buffalo. 
my mom's from Michigan, but she didn't really have any like she wasn't into sports as much as my as my dad was growing up. So when I was born, pretty much all like the sports energy was brought from my dad. So it was kind of like before I could even walk, I was a Bills fan. I didn't even have a choice. But happy about it now. Hope, hopefully they can take it home the rest of the season in a bit of a tough spot right now. But it was a good win over the weekend. Yeah, I really think, and maybe I'll, I mean the league changes so much in one week. It's probably an overreaction on my part. I think that. It, I, I'm picking the Bills to come out of the AFC with what I'm seeing right now because the Chiefs are in kind of free fall right now, and the Ravens haven't had too much postseason success. I think that this really could be the year that the Bills break through with that offensive coordinator switch it's, being the, the jump start to I a just, run. It's like the most wide open the AFC's ever been in a while, Love and it. I'm just wait, I'm waiting to say anything until we get to the playoffs, <laughs> but if we get to the playoffs, like, I honestly, I would I couldn't see us, I could see us beating anybody, but right now, like, it's tough for me to say anything like that, like, hey, we're going to the Super Bowl, because even though we're playing, like, a top three team besides, like, the 49ers and the Ravens, even though we're playing up there, like, at the top of our game, we're still a co- at least a couple weeks away from clinching, clinching a playoff spot. So while it seems, like, so easy to say, hey, it could be Bill's 49ers in the Super Bowl, we're a loss away from, like, being done in two weeks. Yep. As a Packer fan, I definitely have learned that the hard way. Yeah. But what do you, so New York Times has their analytics site where they go over playoff ads. What what percent chance do you think the Bills have of making the playoffs right now, according to them? I already checked it. I'm all over it. Oh, good for you. 71? Uh, it has that 69, but I think it's because oh, it's, 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 it's different yeah. as you reload it. Um, yeah, I'm really hyped. Uh, I want to touch on the Packers really quick. Does Henry or even RJ, did you see the article that The Onion wrote about the Packers? No, I didn't. What did it say? Um, Oh, gosh. I wish I could bring it up here. Okay, here it is. James Webb Telescope finds evidence of Packers secondary lined up 20 million light years off receivers. <laughs> uh, according to Pro Football Focus, the performance the Packers had was a bottom five uh, performance since they've even started ranking secondaries. It, it was a, You let Baker Mayfield have a yeah, perfect passer rating. Pretty hard to let Baker Mayfield put up 34 points on you. Yeah. Yeah, I just had to get that off my chest. I actually wonder if the Buccaneers will stick with him after this season. They got him. He's right? on a one-year deal. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, he's going to get a pay raise though, not to lock him up long term. Yeah, you can't. I don't know if he's a guy you can lock up long time. Though is the thing. Like anything, like week in and week out, he's so different. Yeah, yeah, he's it's so, tough because he's tiny. It's tough to be a tiny quarterback. Yeah, for real. I mean, but he's Drew got Brees, that energy. So I feel like I'd be. I would be like he'd be a good locker room guy. I feel like he's got that kind of energy. Yeah, I'm sure. He's chip on his shoulder too, being like going from all these different teams. Yeah, definitely a good story to follow. Uh, Henry, do you have a second take for us here? Well, uh, I will decline to say anything negative about the Bills because I am a guest on the show. Uh, however, uh, go Dolphins. Miami <laughs> yeah. has the Dolphins, the oh, greatest football team. Again, AFC East rivalry yes. here in the uh, Well, we need you guys to lose one of these next two weeks, and then week 18 will be for the division. Well, we'll see. I uh, think you um, <laughs> you might have to uh, hold your hopes. You think you'll beat the Cowboys? That's your trash talk? I That's my trash talk. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think the Dolphins are going to beat the Cowboys. I'm, I'm thinking this way, right? How about this? Dolphins got echolocation. Cowboys do not. End of story. Ooh. That's what, what I'm about, saying. But then you play the Ravens, who are the best, like, one of the best teams. Yeah, plus I mean, the Ravens can fly. Ah, shoot, you're right. Although, no, the Dolphins, have you seen them, like, jump out of the water? Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, you just got owned, RJ. Also, uh... I mean, I'm going to be honest. The Ravens have a pretty dorky mascot. I mean, it's Baltimore, <laughs> so it's like Edgar Allan Poe, the Ravens. Like, I mean, that's kind of nerdy, right? I'm, I'm just all I'm saying is that you know, Dolphins number one. It's uh, just like I pray upon the Dolphins' downfall every day. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I bet like, you do. I cheer against the Bears. You cheer yeah. against the Dolphins. It's just I how do, we. Let's be. I will say I dislike the Chiefs more than I dislike the Dolphins. Yeah, they're, they're very the annoying Chiefs. This year. I can't. I can't get over the Chiefs. They like. 
I'd do anything just for them to like do ha- anything. Not ha- not have success. <laughs> well, we can be united against the Chiefs, right? Yeah, we there can we be. Go. We can All be right. united against it. We both dislike the Chiefs, and that's gonna be a good thing. Dolphins and Bills working together, you against know, the Chiefs. Lo- at long last. Maybe if we both both make the playoffs, if you if if we both make the playoffs and the Dolphins for the Chiefs. I'll be rooting for the Dolphins. All right. All right. We'll see about that. <laughs> all right. If so, I'm looking forward to it. And how about this? If uh, the Bills play the Chiefs, I will root for them as yeah, well. Sounds good. Some, like, handshake agreement? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. hey, we do have uh, mutual enemies in the uh, the Jets and the Patriots. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, we can't really be too mad at each other. It's yeah. tough to dislike the Patriots right now. They're already as bad as it gets. Yeah. yeah it's, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see the clip of uh, Bailey Zapp after winning the game? Like, yeah. Hype up. And then going to Belichick yeah, and just shaking his hand. He was ner- he was scared of Belichick. <laughs> I'm scared of him, too. Uh, so with that, we'll jump to, uh, what are we calling it? No, Henry, say Badger Sports Update. Oh, uh Badger sports update. Uh, sure, we'll, we'll go with that. Uh, now, there hasn't been a lot of Badger sports on recently. I do want to, just kind of an excuse to bring keep the our tradition of saying Badger sports update alive, but uh, LSU's Jane Daniels not playing in the upcoming bowl game against Wisconsin. RJ, I need your take here. I mean, Wisconsin, does, does Wisconsin have a chance, and does it matter if they win? Does it matter? Yeah, it matters well, if I they win. Well, I should say, like, I... Yeah, that's a poor way of putting it. But, like, with the amount of players who aren't playing, does that almost lower the value of the bowl game, or would you say it's still as competitive as ever? Uh, it's competitive. I mean, I think the players who are still – we've seen a lot of transfers so far from yes, Wisconsin, so it's going to be a very far away from 100% team. We still have Mordecai, though. I mean, we're going to be playing Jackson Acker as the number one running back, who is the number three running back to start yeah. the year. But, yeah, it means something. I mean, LSU is one of the – most widely viewed teams in the nation, so I'm sure people will be tuning in. Even though it is on, it's on the same day as the college football playoff, so it'll be a yeah. bit of an appetizer before the real teams actually play. Oh, but I've never been so offended by something I agree with. But, <laughs> but I mean, it. I guess it levels the playing field that Jaden Daniels isn't playing because if he was playing, I don't know if I'd watch past the first half. <laughs> but um, yeah, it means something. I mean, we've seen a lot of transfers already. I think the. The meaning of bowl games has definitely decreased, and they should do something about it. It has to do with the transfer portal, also, because not you used to just see it would when you're going into the bowl games. It used to just be people missing out would just be for the NFL draft. Like, yeah. hey, you have a good shot at being a first round pick. Don't want to risk being injured. Fair enough. Like, go wait, train for the draft. But it wasn't too many players, especially on the teams that didn't have any NFL draft guys. But now it's like every team has like five, ten, fifteen players skipping these bowl games, and it's just like. It's a little bit of the practice squad looking towards next year, which makes sense, but just the meaning of bowl games in general has gone down. Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin's lost three receivers. It's just stinks. Well, it was, we were doing that. Are you in the bowl pool? No, I'm not. I so wish we, I, was. I was. doing the, I was filling out the bowl games for the bowl pool, and I had to just, like, it's so weird. I had to check, like, who's missing from each team just because yeah. that matters so much right now. Yeah, stinks. Uh, right, right now, LSU is still favored by double digits against the Badgers. Their backup's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. He's that. a lefty. He can sling it. Ooh, lefty's playing quarterback. Yeah, well, I'm is also it? a lefty. Oh, so oh really? Represent- yeah, I am. So is Tua. Wait, oh, yes, he is. So is Tua. That's pretty. So do you, do you have to get, like, a different kind of scissors? Oh, no. I, I'm going to be honest. That's all hype. I, I don't believe that for a sec. No. I mean, <laughs> you figure it out, like, eventually how to just use your right hand. Um, but nah, mostly left-handed. I mean, I'm kind of ambidextrous. I can do both. But Did you play any sports growing up? I mean, I tossed football with my dad, but that's pretty much with the left with the left hand. Yeah, oh. I kind of just did the. 
Uh, you can't. You guys can't see it uh, listening on the radio, but uh, of course I am. Uh, yeah, motion so you're gesturing throwing, throwing a football. Yes. Thank you so <laughs> much. For... Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, real quick, uh, we're gonna head to break for the first uh, quarter of the show is finished. But real quick, RJ, um, our, our rec league basketball team did not fare very well. Uh, I was notoriously terrible. But I need. I want to try and recruit you on the air right now. Are you with us for softball this spring? I am. I've been with you. I've, I've never been gone. I've oh, been really? With that. Yeah. Awesome. Maybe I'm a bit. I'm a bit quieter on the uh, text chain, but yeah, I'm with you guys yeah. for softball. Well, I respect. I mean, our text chains are. And I um, nightmare. I think I can provide a lot more than I did for basketball. I played baseball growing up for a while. Well, you're like our best player in basketball, so. <laughs> I think that just has to do with like me being athletic. I'm not a very. I'm not very good at anything else. Yeah. Well, Henry, if you were actually, we're, that's a good segue because we're going to talk a little bit about baseball etiquette after the break. But don't go anywhere. We got all sorts of stuff planned out. Other guests are coming. It's going to be a great rest hour and a half of this show. My goodness. We'll be right back. Hey Jay, what are you doing? I'm going to walk. But Jay, the light is red. What if there's a car? You know I don't believe in cars. I'm going to walk. Jay, please. I'm doing it. <gasps> He really put the L in walk. Let's not be like our ex-friend Jay. It's well known that Wisconsin ranks 46 in the country for jaywalking-related accidents. And with your participation, we could be 47th. Here are some tips to help you obey pedestrian traffic laws. Often find yourself restless at a red light? Carry around a fidget toy or a snack. Look left and right, then left again. Repeat as necessary. Hold hands while crossing the street. If still inclined to break the law, ask a friend to restrain you. Remember, you You can't can't walk if you're hit by a car. Wise words from a wise man as we welcome you back to After Further Review on WSM 91.7 FM Mass. And I'm Vincent Hesbrick with R.J. Carroll and Henry Moore. Alex Schuster is not with us today, unfortunately. But, yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, Henry, uh, that PSA won an award at uh, Snakey's, our station-wide award ceremony. Um, but what I realized is that we actually it was actually made last year, and it won the uh, award no, it was where... last year as well. So it won it back-to-back years. Wait, no, it was, uh, wasn't it made this spring? No, it was made last fall. Oh, shoot. Yeah, but hey, we, we I take I was that. so good at won the award twice. Yep, and now we've made a plan and we're going to submit next year as well and try to go for the <laughs> three-peat. But we've got ourselves... I'll vote for it. I'm going to vote for it. <laughs> we, we have a game. Uh, we're gonna. It's broken up into three parts here, so it's almost like games in a series. It's a best of three. So here's what's going to happen. Uh, I have nine players, and some of them are real, some of them are fake, and you have to decipher which ones are. I think, RJ, you're going to know most of these, but you can be a lifeline for Henry. Uh, after that, we'll I don't go- need a lifeline. I got it. Oh, all right. Uh, next up, we'll do Wisconsin Stadium one-star reviews. I've looked at some reviews okay. that people have had. They're hilarious. <laughs> they're, they're so funny. I, I only have five of these because... Uh, I'm actually pretty interested yeah, to hear th- those. This was so funny. I, I, I wish I could I could have made this into an entire segment, but we had to <laughs> start the show. And finally... The tiebreaker will be how many or how many games did WSUM announce last year. So if it's at one apiece, oh. uh, that's what it'll come down to. Anyways, real or fake, uh, RJ, I guess you can play along after. I'm sure you're going to get all these. But Henry, with his sports knowledge, could be tough. We'll start yeah. it out. RJ, or not RJ, Henry, Bam Adebayo, real or fake? How do you spell Adebayo? Uh, A-D-E-B-A-Y-O. Real. He is real, and he plays for your Miami Heat. Nice. Yeah, all-star player. <laughs> I, I knew that. I was testing you. Yes, absolutely. Ooh. Do you know Do you know Jimmy Butler? I'm yes, heat? yes. Yeah, of course. Do you know, uh, I mean, do, 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 are you aware of Duncan Robinson? 
I know you're making that name up because Duncan, the name is too good for a baseball. He's not making it up. It's a real name. Wait, what? He looks like Jimmy Neutron, but you'll have to look that oh. up on your own time. You're, you're one for one right now. If you get five out of nine right, uh, you win the series. We'll do the rest of them, obviously. Uh, next up, <laughs> Taco Fall. That's real. RJ, you just spoiled it for him. Oh. Oh, I didn't know he was going wait, to that him. was mine? Yeah. Oh. oh. My bad, my bad. Oh, well, I was going to say it's fake, so. Well, I appreciate your honesty. Yeah. I, okay. Well, you're you're old. Wait, my fault. My fault. Oh no, I was gonna say it's fake no matter what. I mean, I I still don't believe you. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. I guess you're more of an observer for this one, RJ. Unfortunately, uh, you'll have, I'm excited for the one star review ones, but you're you're one for one, or one for two right now. Geronimo Jones, real or fake? I believe it's real. It is fake. No. Oh, jeez, you just... Oh, wow. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> You're good. Okay. I'm going to have to edit that out. When my I'm... apologies, radio listeners. Oh, my goodness. So, next up, Bull Bull. How do you spell that? Uh, his first name is B-O-L, and his last name is B-O-L. I mean, I feel as though, like, <laughs> that guy's got some bad parents for naming him that, just because I feel as though it's, like, a really cruel thing to do to your child. Like, um... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know what? That's so out there. It seems hard that it would be, like, made up. I'm going to say real. It is real. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, well, his dad, Manupol, was yep. from Africa. He was known for uh, killing lions yep. before joining the NBA. Uh, holds the rookie record for blocks in a season. It's got to be so weird to be that tall. I know, yeah. And then there's the random game where, because, yeah, Manupol, he's basically Victor Wembanyama. Yeah. Except, you know, smaller and maybe even thinner. Actually, definitely thinner. Yeah, definitely thinner. Yeah, uh, there, there's rumors that he, um, because he, he got progressively worse as his career went along, and he didn't really develop. And they were saying that there's a chance he lied about his age. It was actually like 40. I haven't heard about believe? that. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm not trying to believe that. But it's funny to talk about. Nonetheless, once hit six three pointers in a game, notoriously. Yeah, I've actually shot. shot. He's like, <sighs> yeah, yeah. He's like, it's like chucks flicking it over it from his the, head. Yeah, it's not a. It's not the cleanest motion. Yeah, it's throwing an overhead pass yeah. right in the basket, and he was cashed him. You're you're uh, two for four right now, Henry. Is Paul Goodman a real player? Not to be confused, Oof. or n- no relation. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I've seen uh, billboards around Albuquerque for a similar name, named guy, but ah, uh, uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. You are correct. Yes. All right. Wow. Back from the brink. You're now uh, three for five. You got to get uh, five of the nine correctly. So. You're two away from taking this one here. All right. Ooh, let's like go. A, I'm ready. Chad Ochocinco. Fake. <laughs> real. <laughs> real? <Yep>. Ochocinco? <laughs> yeah, his real name was, well, he was Chad Johnson. Yeah. He briefly changed his name because he wore the number 85. That would have been so, because he's Oh, wait, the, hold on a second. No, if he, if no, that's. That was his legal name. It was his legal name. Yes. He changed his name. It's not legally. a nickname. None of these are nicknames. Yeah. He legally changed his name. Okay, if he legally changed his name, then yeah, yes. All right, yeah, that is his name then. All right, yeah, because I, I had some nick. Well, we once had my grandma, my great aunt here, and I was using players with nicknames like Bones Highland and Poop Johnson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Next up, George Lincoln. George Lincoln. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty ordinary name, I'm going to say. No, that, nope, that is too ordinary. I'm going to say no. It is not correct. Or, I'm sorry, you, you are correct. You are I am it correct. It is a fake yes. name. Uh, yeah, th- two presidents, uh, both of them pretty solid, in my opinion. But uh, Combining them together. Yep. So you've got one, two, three. Oh, gosh. I believe you got three correct. So you've got to get the next two here to. No, you have four, right? He's four. Yeah, he's, he's four, four for okay, seven. Yeah. You're right. So if you, got, if you get one of the next two, you win the game. Okay. Hinker Rascalian. Okay. 
How do you spell Hinker? H-I-N-K-E-R. How do you spell Rascalian? Um, oh, shoot. I clicked out of the document. Uh, R-A-S-C-A-L-L-I-O-N. I'm going to say fake. It is fake. Henry, okay, yes. Henry, the first one. And the, I think you would have won it anyways because the last one was Tua Tonga Viola. Okay, yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> so congratulations. Uh, if you win the next... Uh, game, I have to read a prepared statement, which I don't want to read oh, about well. <laughs> the University of Wisconsin-Madison. But congratulations. you, Man, you did pretty well. Six out of nine. Very yeah. good. So I'm so excited for this one. I, I dove into one-star reviews between the Cole Center and Camp Randall. And uh, some, some of these are real, some of them are fake. There's only five. So if you got three out of five correct, uh, you get it. RJ, you can join as well. Uh, first one for Camp Randall. Game was too loud. No salads available at concessions. One star. Wait, hold on. Am I guessing if these are real or fake? Yes. Or? Okay, sorry. I thought it was like guessing which one is like going to which stadium. Okay. No. Uh, what was the review again? One star. Game was too loud. No salads available at concession. I'm going to say fake. RJ? I, 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 it's a pretty crazy thing to say, but I think that's real because some people are like that. It is fake. Oh, he got it. Yeah, because I, I know for a fact that nobody's getting a salad at a football game. People are getting uh, two things. They're getting popcorn and they're getting hot dogs. My, my mom tried to get salads at Brewer Games. What? Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> to each his own, I suppose. Yeah, love her to death. Uh, I'm only saying that because she's uh, listening. No, oh, just yes. You're the best mom. Uh, so, next up, uh, for Camp Randall, yay sports. Watch men play with balls here. <laughs> but the tight end is the rookie. The wide receiver is the veteran. The center is, well, that's obvious. Watch out for herd mentality. Ra, oh. That's real. I know because I wrote it. That's a one-star review? Yes. Real? Wait, wait, hold on. That's a one-star review? That sounds yes. pretty positive. It's a one-star review. Okay, I mean. <laughs> it, it is real. <laughs> yeah. I, What'd they write that about? Camp Randall. Oh. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, they must have uh, been a little inebriated at the time, I think. It doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> yeah, like what? Watch out for herd mentality. So you I think mean, like the um, what was it? The malice of the palace is going to break yeah, out. I don't know. Randall? <laughs> oh gosh! I Next. mean, it sounds like a good fun, uh, like good fun to me. So I mean, I would have given Camp Randall five stars based on that. So. Have you been to Camp Randall before? I have. I've been once. Nice. I'm sure it was a ton of fun. It was. Or, or not. Uh, next up, where's my video screen in section A? Come on, man. Uh, what stadium? Camp Randall. I mean, I think it's real. Where is my video screen section A? Come on, man. Fake. It's real. Wow. Henry, you've already won it. I already have to read this. Wow. Seriously? Yep, it's real. All right. And then this is my two favorite ones. They're both for the Cole Center. So uh, here we go. Quote, we messed up buying tickets from a Craigslist scammer <laughs> for tonight's Metallica concert. Oh, God. We had everything the scammer had given us, including what was a receipt with what I'm guessing is a fake person's name and address on them. <laughs> the tickets looked to be real. They said they were purchased from the Cole Center box office on the tickets and receipt. My 12-year-old was crying and upset because she was looking forward to seeing the concert, and of course we were upset as well. I just feel that they really could have given, or they could have done more given the circumstances. <laughs> I don't know how that's the Cole Center's fault. One star. <laughs> yes, it's, not it's definitely Col not the Cole, not the Cole Center's, Center's fault. fault. You, I, I hate when it's but a definitely, people scam. But, but definitely real. 
Um, yeah, I'm. I don't know. I feel fake. I'm suspicious of the 12 year old well, going to Metallica concert. Well, has Metallica even been at the Cool Center? I'm. I'm not saying. <laughs> if I'm gonna say, I, I'm assuming they have been. I'm gonna say real. It is real. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've I've pity anyone who's been scammed, but you can't blame the people working at the stadium for not letting no, you in. No, you're not gonna, you can't. That's their job. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't trust tickets unless you get them at the box. Yes, office. I I actually did paraphrase this one. They actually did let the people into the game, but their seats were non-existent, and that's what they were. Oh, uh, so they were in standing room only or something? Yes. So got to see Metallica. Yeah, got got let into the event for free, and I've so. seen Metallica. Really, you a big fan of them? Dad is. Yeah, that sounds fair enough. And finally, Henry, you've already done an amazing job here. Uh, oh, you you almost had a chance to sweep, but the last one, RJ, you've been perfect today, right? No, I've, no, I'm okay. like two for oh, four. four or five. All right, final one from the Cole Center. When the Cole Center sends us email with all their policies, they should tell us you can't buy a beer unless you have a seat in the boxes. Can't believe the Foo Fighters would choose to play at a venue that does not serve beer. Wait, what kind of what? This had to have been. Bef- this had to have been yes, before was... they serve beer. Yeah. Wait, but I, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't even know that um, the Cole Center like hosted musicians. I thought it was just like, uh, like basketball games and the org fair. No, if you've got a, I mean, if you've got a venue, why not? Yeah, if if you build it, they will there. come. I mean, other than <laughs> like probably here in the Fiserv are like the two biggest venues in Wisconsin. Yeah, you're Stadium right. Stadium wise, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, indoor stuff. Obviously. Indoor stuff, of course, yeah. Yeah. I don't like, there's, I mean, there's not much else. Yeah, I mean, Milwaukee Panthers, I think, play, but it's not a very impressive arena. Yeah. Um. So, do you want me to read again or? Oh, um. Yeah, read it again. When the Cole <laughs> Center, when the Cole Center sends us an email with their policies, they should tell us you can't buy a beer unless you have a seat in the boxes. Can't believe the Foo Fighters would choose to play at a venue that does not serve beer. I'm just uh, going to say real. Yeah, I'm going to say real. It is real. Yeah. Yep. N- nice job. Uh, th- there were some, a lot of them I couldn't write down, but they were the funniest ones. Uh, <laughs> some people are really passionate. Oh, because, yeah, a little bit of a curse word here and there. Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, I, I could have oh. pa- paraphrased. <laughs> say freaking. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're kind of required to since we're on yeah. air. But, yeah. Uh, overall, though, uh, both Cole Center and Camp Randall have 4.7 out of 5 stars. Most of the 1 stars were people saying the bat, the Badgers suck. So, <laughs> oh, Well, you can't trust those, of course. Says they're outliers. Yep. We should, we should go through all the Google reviews and take out the 1 stars that don't make sense and then make a new Google review. Yeah. Well, I, I guess um, there's probably a lot of 5 stars that don't make sense either. Yeah, that's probably it's true. Like, yeah, we I've won- never been there, but go Badgers. Yeah, we won today. Yep. <laughs> I know that... Uh, camp or not uh, Lambeau Field? All their one star, or most of them are just like go Bears, Packers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like Bears fans. I mean, if you want to sabotage a team, I'd say getting your entire family is to leave a bunch of negative reviews on Google. Is yeah, cool, like we've seen Rotten Tomatoes do that. You right? might see staff members get let off. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean Susie, this person said that they they you made fun of them and attacked them in a dark alleyway because they were wearing a Jay Cutler jersey. <laughs> let you go. Oh, man. Well, I'll have to read this statement here. I've, this doesn't – oh, gosh, this is going to hurt. I, I might just edit this part out when we put the recording online because this is a nightmare. I, Vincent Hesbrick, must admit that the University of Minnesota is better than the University of Wisconsin-Madison. The football team is better, 
P.J. Fleck is the most likable coach in the league, and a gopher would own a badger in a fight. Oh, so, Well, what what happened, what, a few weeks ago? Wouldn't agree with that. Well, we did beat them. Yeah, I know. I, I, whoever wrote this statement yeah. clearly had it wrong here. Ah, Vince, I could have sworn that was like uh, entirely of your own writing and opinion. Yeah, well, I, I did say I, your name here, must admit. I, mean, that, yeah. I did insert my yeah. name in there. Yeah, so... Um, it was like a template. Yeah. So, Henry, I want to move to you here for our next segment. Uh, second half of the show, I'm going to be talking about a, a baseball story I found, which is absolutely hilarious. But um, it's baseball season kind of, you know, in the middle of uh, winter. You follow baseball, RJ? I do follow baseball, now, yeah. Show how Tani get more money than the Brewers. I could talk about that for work. 20 minutes. I'm yeah. not very happy about that. Yeah, I've, I, I talked about it for actually 20 minutes yeah. <laughs> last week. But in terms of pure uh, game enjoyment as a fan, Henry, I heard you have some grievances you want to air regarding the matter. Oh, um, well, I, I guess it wouldn't really be a grievance. I guess, uh, I don't know, I, I always like baseball games, you know? I like going to baseball games and stuff. Um, and uh, one time, I actually uh, caught a stray ball at a baseball game. Um, and uh, it's not really my grievance, uh, but I believe it is somebody else's grievance. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that eventually. Uh, so I was uh, watching the uh, Hurricanes play uh, Pitt. Um and uh, it's like a small stadium, I'd say. It's pretty, yeah. it's like uh, pretty humble. Oh, col- uh, it was college ball. Yeah, college okay. ball. So uh, not like one of the super huge yeah. stadiums. It was, uh, it was a modest affair. Um, you know, uh, sitting uh, with my uh, dad in the uh, uh, bleachers. You know, like the metal kind. Um, and uh, a ball like comes directly towards us. And I, I, for a second, I'm thinking, like, what was that thud on the bleachers? Because I made, like, a big metal clang. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way. And then I look up, or I look over, and I realize, yeah, the ball uh, just got hit into the bleachers. Uh, so I, like, jump up, I run, and get it. And <laughs> I can imagine you running, too. You, you, you ran to the door to let RJ in early today. <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, I know. Um, no, uh, when I am motivated, I can run very fast, so... I'm uh, quite the speedster uh, if I want to be, um, but uh, I digress. Um, but yeah, but um, yeah, I got the ball and uh, I held it in my hand. I was observing it uh, for quite uh, uh, quite a bit, and then some kid comes up to me, oh. and I'm thinking to myself, I know where this is going. <laughs> I'm not gonna give it to this kid, <laughs> yes. and I'm gonna feel really bad about it. So I took the baseball, and I kept it. And I I feel bad for the kid, but at the same time, I did mean, the kid ask for it? The kid did not ask for oh, it, man. but I felt oh, really bad. Was for, he making eye contact with you? He was. Oh, it was it was painful. But here's the thing: Do you guys know that one uh, show, Rocco's Modern Life? I can't no. say I do. Uh, it's like a Nickelodeon show from the '90s. It's like a cartoon. Yeah, sorry. Uh, no worries. Uh, but I remember, like, uh, at the end of one episode, where. Uh, uh, the main character, Rocco, of course, goes to, like, a baseball game. He gets a stray ball, uh, and he gives it to some kids. So same situation I'm in. He uh, does the thing that I probably morally should have done, which is, you know, let the kid have the ball. Although, I earned the ball, so finders <laughs> keepers, I suppose. Um, I worked for a living to get that baseball. Yeah, I worked hard, you know. I had a whole milkshake uh, at that game. <laughs> and uh, in the Florida sun, that is not a fun experience. Of course. Um but uh no uh 
I'm sorry, you're talking about that oh, yeah, Nickelodeon like, show. Yeah, I was talking about some cartoon. Uh, yeah, so Rocker's mo- basically, uh, he gets the ball, he gives it to the kid, and the next scene is the kid cutting up the baseball. And I'm thinking to myself, to that scene, I'm thinking, if I give the kid the baseball, I know he's probably going to tear it up or do something <laughs> with it. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to take good care of this baseball. And, sit- and it sits in a storage locker somewhere today. Wow. Where? In Miami or in Madison? I have no idea where it is. It's somewhere right. in a storage locker. <laughs> it could be like in my backpack right now. I have no idea. Man, well, I mean, I, I question your. I mean, I, I got no problem with with your decision to keep the ball, but basically off of the Nickelodeon logic, I mean, you, you're worried that SpongeBob SquarePants is gonna yes jump in there and take it. Yes, RJ, you have worried. any experiences of getting a ball at a game? I I have had a few balls at a baseball game oh. actually. I've been to actually. I've been to quite a few baseball games actually. My dad, brother, and I, uh, each year we go on, like, little trips. We call them, like, boys' trips, sort of, because we leave my sister and mom behind because they're not into sports <laughs> yeah. as much. And we go to different cities around the U.S. and uh, travel to different uh, stadiums. Uh, and baseball is the sport that lasts the longest, so you're normally we're going to see a baseball game and a basketball game and a hockey game, maybe. But we're normally always in baseball season because it's 162 games. But uh, yeah, so we've been to I think over half the stadiums around the world. Oh, wow. or not around the world, around the yeah. half the MLB stadiums. That's great. Do you have a favorite or least favorite? Favorite? Um, I mean, I'm a mm, Fenway was pretty cool. Yeah, my dad was there once. He said it was awesome. Yeah, you can't really beat Fenway. I don't know if it, I don't know if I have a least favorite. I'd have to think about it a little more. I, the Indian the, or they're the Guardians now. It was kind of a, that was kind of a dump. <laughs> Um, but I think I could probably come up with a better answer if I thought about it a little bit more. Yeah, I kind of put you on the spot here. I'm, I'm guessing mm. you haven't been to the Oakland Coliseum. I have not been to the Oakland Coliseum, they no. have to pay you to go. Either. Yeah, that's right. Until they move. Yep. Henry, you been to any? Uh, honestly, uh, I, I've, uh, I lived in Seattle for a year, so I've been to uh, uh, that Mar- stadium. Mariners? Mariners, yeah. Yeah, the Mariners Park. Stadium. Uh, I guess I can't really remember much. I remember, like, pretty much all I remember is that, I mean— I guess I had a good time at the game, you know. Uh, I know there was, like, some, like, apparently famous, like, milkshake place at that stadium as well. So I don't know what it is with baseball stadiums and milkshakes, but apparently that's a thing. Are you um, a big milkshake guy? I mean, I'm, like, uh, honestly kind of milkshake neutral, you know. Okay. Really? Because, yeah, you mentioned two stories and they both involve milkshakes. Yeah, so I know. I'm just kind of putting the pieces together here. Yeah, I mean, I, hey, I like a good milkshake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I think, I don't know, ice cream... Just like having like a good ice cream and a waffle cone, I think I'd prefer that over a milkshake any day. I mean, personally, just because you know, more portable, you know, and you can eat the cone afterwards. You know. Yeah, I appreciate the scouting report. Going back to like the catching the foul ball thing. Yes. I think I've caught one just like straight foul ball out of the air. Nice. Um, but other than that, there's been a few times where the third base coach maybe tossed me a ball because he got a foul or. The players, when they come back to the dugout, they'll, the last ball, they'll chuck them into the stand. So I think I've had a few of those. That's that's pretty close. Do you keep them? Yeah, they're in my room at home somewhere. My brother has a couple, too, because we always go to the game with him normally. Nice. Yeah, I got a pretty tragic story about that. Uh, I got the, the college pass for Brewer Games. Uh, and so my friends and I, we all, you know, go down to the games. I went to, I think I went to like 10 this year and seven last year. I, I just, I love the Brewers so much. I'm actually wearing my yeah. Brewer shirt and hat today. But 
Uh, one time we went to an absolutely bonkers game where we sat in the left field bleachers where Christian Yelich was, and the entire time my friends are big Christian Yelich fan. Like you know, they'd warm up uh, between innings, they'd throw the ball in the stands, you're like Christian, ball please, and and he caught one, and he caught it like over some uh, yeah. high school girls in, in front oh, of him, yeah, like, yeah. lost him, and he kept, and he was so excited. And then later on, the and uh, there was a kid next to us. Uh, they were super awesome. They're from Japan. They had a really cool conversation. And um, and their kid wanted the ball, and my friend was like, ah, I'm sorry, Christian Yelich is my favorite player. And he's like, oh, it's okay. And then later on in the game, someone says, uh, excuse me, you're, you're in our seat. And then we're like, oh, no, I show him. And he's like, no, you're, you're in section uh, 213. You should be in section 214. And also I realized I had my ticket wrong. I mean, yeah. The reason my friend got a ball is because we were in the wrong place. And I can see the, like, the brains ticking the kid next to us. Like, wait a minute. So if these jokers oh, didn't sit in the wrong seat, I would have gotten the ball from Christian Yelich. So later on in the game, Yelich gets ejected. Uh, it was a crazy one. Uh-huh. And the replacement, Tyrone Taylor, comes in. And I catch a ball from I wasn't asking for it, but I'll definitely take it. And immediately one of the moms behind me says, please, like, my son's a big fan. Can I please get the ball? And I thought I didn't really want it a whole lot, but I thought well, I felt bad for the other kid before. So I thought I'm going to give this ball to the kid back there. So I go over there and I give it to him, and it was really nice. And I think the other team hit a, a, a game-winning home run while I was giving it to him. <laughs> but uh, I go back there, and the mom just kept giving it, like, oh, yeah, you want to give it to them? That's fine. My son really loves baseball. And my friend who got the Christian Yelich ball felt so guilty. He wow. gave it to them. And we, we still chastise him to this day. I'll give you an underrated stadium. Everybody knows Fenway is like one of the yeah. most famous stadiums. The Orioles Stadium, Camden oh, Yards. Camden Yards. It's a big uh, steel building. Yeah, it's pretty nice. They got a good little ballpark village there too. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, is there an age where you can't, where you like, you kind of like are morally required to give the ball to a kid? Um, you know, I'm going to be honest. I don't think so. I think if you catch the ball, you get it no matter what age. I don't care if you're like an 80-year-old grandpa and there's like <laughs> some uh, – like a baby, like still in the cradle, like right next to you. I think you can keep the ball. I, I think, think it's. Healthy. I think it just depends on who's around you. Like not always. Yeah, like an adult could catch the ball and nobody's gonna beg for it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. What if you catch multiple though? I mean, second one. I mean. Well, at that point, it's like yeah. an achievement. You got to be proud of that. You yeah. got to get like a <laughs> special display case. You got to like keep all of them. In my I opinion. I don't know if I've seen that happen. I saw a clip where someone sat in the monster and caught multiple. Oh, really? In one game, but yeah, gave both to his girlfriend. He was so probably intoxicated. Play. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't even remember it. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I well, I, I feel like that if you get stuck, when you got to give it away. But I think that if you're an away fan, you catch one. I think that you do what you want, but I feel like you, you kind of I don't want to say owe it. But what are you gonna do with an away? Yeah, well, ball, like one thing I don't ball. understand is you ever see like the like the the po- the opposing team will hit a home run, the guy catches it and throws it back onto the field. You haven't seen that? No, I'm saying, have you seen like oh, that? I have. Yes, yeah. I have. That's like that, that never made sense to me. Yeah, me neither. Like, what's like? What are you like? Hey, you just threw the ball back. We're all gonna pay attention to you now. Yeah, two clips or two stories on a quick touch. I remember last well, year. Well, I guess there's one more thing I got. Oh, I'm add. sorry, I cut you off. Oh no worries. Uh, I mean, if you're like at an away game and you're like uh, rooting against like the home team, I feel as though if you don't give the ball to a fan of the home team, they're gonna like beat you up afterwards. So I feel so just out of preservation. <laughs> You've got uh, <laughs> yeah, to give that kid the ball. Will. Yeah, I feel like if, if I got yelled at enough by a crowd, because I actually, I, I was kind of getting, because people didn't know I was giving that ball to another kid. They thought I just like up and left as soon as someone asked for it. So when I came back, there was actually some adults were like, why didn't you give that ball to that kid back there? <laughs> but uh, two quick stories. There was one where uh, th- this gentleman caught an Aaron Judge home run ball. He was a, a Toronto fan. He gave it to 
Uh, did you see that clip? You gave it to a, I don't think a, so. a Yankees fan. He like started crying. It was a younger Yankee, Yankees yeah, awesome, fan. Awesome, awesome video. And then people were rewinding the video, so it looked like that. It was like Campbell's man takes ball away from a little kid. Jeez, it's reversed. Jesus. <laughs> people yeah. on the internet are crazy. Yeah. But the worst one I've seen is Luis Arias, uh, incredible hitter for the Marlins. Yeah. Uh, he hit the cycle. Uh, I think I think it was yeah this year. Uh, I mean, incredibly rare feat. He hit a, a double, uh, or yeah, single, double, triple home run in the same game. Uh, Christian Yelich actually is the league's all-time leader with three. Tied with some I didn't people. know that, yeah. Yep. But uh, when he hits the home run to get it, uh, it's caught by a Miami Marlins fan in the crowd. And there's a, a little girl who's a Philly fan, like goes over and starts like wanting to give, take the ball and stuff. And she's like starts like pouting and stuff. And my guy gives her the ball and she throws it back onto the field. He got his home run ball taken away from him. Well, wouldn't he want? Was that was that home run for the cycle? Yes. or was it just part of it. Yes, he's a, a Marlins f- fan who went to a Philly game and was, caught a cycle. Bomb. Was the home run the final? Yes. Final part of the cycle. Well, yes. wouldn't, wouldn't you think Luis Arias would probably want that ball? Ooh. That's a that's a that's a good take. I quite like that actually. I think you'd probably like it. Yeah, you've, you've changed my mind on that one. That'd be a good one to keep. Although um, I mean, maybe this guy would take it, and then other Marlins would start flying into the opposing. Probably get some room. money for it. Yep, and then or Giannis will just swoop in. And yeah, that's right. From you. Did you see that story, Henry? Yeah, I did not see that story, but uh, based on uh, what it sounds like, I would not be doing that if I was in that guy's position. You know, I mean. Especially considering that you're giving it like from a Marlins fan to a Phillies fan. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, uh, Giannis broke a franchise record, scoring 64, right? So 64 points against the Pacers, who just recently defeated the Bucks in a big game. And the Pacers took the game ball and left. So Giannis bolted down the tunnel to try and get it back in like a full melee suit. I guess the GM of the Pacers got elbowed. But um, it's kind of a whole petty thing. I mean, real quick, RJ, is we're going to probably take our second break pretty quick. Do you agree with Giannis doing that? Because the Pacers were mad, but they also were mad Giannis was scoring at the end. But Buddy Heald was also taking shots when the game was already over against the Celtics. I heard. I mean, I've heard a lot of parts of the story, I think. It makes sense. 64 points to crazy feet. How confident was he that that was the ball? Because I kind of tracked the game, the, the ball at the end of the game. Like, I think Dame shot, the last, shot it after the buzzer or something. And then it looked like a Celt- it looked like a Bucks assistant grabbed it, so I don't know if like he was actually chasing the real ball. I mean, only he would know, I guess. Yeah. Well, the clip of the the Bucks staffer trying to hold Giannis back on like wake. Yeah, and his brother him. too. His brother. Yeah. His brother's always think he's always he's always part of the story just because of Giannis. Of course. He's getting paid two and a half million dollars because of his brother. Yeah. To be a young, to be an older <laughs> brother, he's getting paid millions of dollars. A great sense of a great sentiment to uh, end this section of the show with RJ. I mean. I'm, are you sticking around for a little bit? I'm going to stick around for a little okay, bit. Okay, I appreciate it. So we're going to... Uh, There's one more thing I'd like yeah, to Yeah, oh, of course. If you got, uh, you know, back to... Um, uh, speaking of the Dolphins and back to the um, uh, best stadiums, I got to say, if you guys have never seen the... Uh, I'm not sure if it's still up, but the Marlins have, like, this giant mechanical thing that, like, goes crazy if they hit a home run. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that thing is insane. That's, like, super cool in my opinion, so... The Mar- too bad the Marlins don't get any fans. <laughs> hey, I'm here right now. Yeah. <laughs> I am the one Marlins fan. Oh, that was so funny. They're all tourists except for you. Yeah, or when the the they had the, the a big game against the Brewers, the Marlins. It was like they had like all the seats all decked out with uh, hats and stuff, and the Brewers beat them nineteen to one. <laughs> that was one of my favorite games ever. <sighs> but that will do it for our number one of after further review. Uh, we're coming back with a legendary tale regarding probably the most amazing baseball player you've never heard of. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, WSU Ember tweeted my tweet. 
Wait, how? And my Instagram story got featured on their Instagram story. That is so cool. How can I get featured? Hey, fellow WSUM listeners. Did you know if you tag WSUM in your tweet, you might just get a retweet? Also, did you know you'll get a chance to be featured on our Instagram story if you tag us in your story? Go follow us on Twitter at WSUM and Instagram at WSUM 91.7 for updates on station events, ticket giveaways, our latest merch, and more. Tag us in your post for a chance to get a retweet or featured. Wow, I'll give that a follow. WSUM, hashtag audibly innovative. And we are back. Our number two underway in a special two-hour edition of After Further Review on WSWM 98.7 FM Madison. Man, I can never get that to roll off the tongue. I'm Vincent Hesbrick here with RJ Carroll, Henry Moore, and you want to introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Elliot. Elliot. Elliot, great to yes. have you with us. Uh, you know, I, I want to ask you, what's your sports knowledge on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, like... In general, I'd say like a five, maybe. All right. I, I understand how sports work. I was the person that would explain how football and hockey Ooh. operated to all the band kids when we would like do pep band stuff. So. Yeah, well, you're a, you seem like you're a, I mean, that, that's, I even want to say like the basic standard of like, there's no like rules regarding sports, but it's clear you know your stuff. Uh, you a big baseball guy? Not really. Or I should say baseball gal. I apologize. I, I cheer for the, the White Sox and the Brewers. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. So I am going to talk about my new favorite baseball player. I just learned about this gentleman recently. His name is George Edward Waddell. So <laughs> let me start out with this. Uh, there's For every baseball team, there's a manager. And the manager, they kind of don't do a ton, especially nowadays. But they manage the lineups. They choose the order. They keep the culture going. And here is the record for the all-time leader in total games managed. So first is John McGraw. He managed 4,769 games over 33 years. He started at age 26 in 1899 and retired at age 59 in 1932. Second is Tony La Russa. He managed 5,387 games over 35 years. Uh, got the job leading the, light, the White Sox at age 34 in 1979. Retired at age 77 in 2002 with the White Sox. So it made some stops in between. But, yeah, by the end, uh, I mean, are, are you at all familiar with Tony La Russa? No, that, I know like one White Sox player. I only cheer for them because my dad's from the Chicago area. That's good for you. I know Tony LaRusso. Yeah, have well. you seen the clip of him running, um, like to chase down one yeah. of the catchers? Yeah, because I'm a Cardinals fan, and he was part of the Cardinals oh, for a long time. Yeah, won a World Series with you guys. Yeah. So yeah, I and mean, by the end, LaRusso. I mean, he was kind of it was clear his body was breaking down. Yeah, he, he wasn't all. He wasn't 100 percent into it. Yeah, lost the locker room, retired due to health concerns. And first of all. The first in this leaderboard, Connie Mack. Now, remember, Tony La Russa managed his entire life, 5,387 games. Connie Mack managed 7,755 games over 53 years. He started with the Pirates in 1894 at age 31, retired with the Philadelphia Athletics at age 87 in 1950. Uh, this guy was nuts. He, he was actually kind of losing it near the angst. He had an ownership stake, so he couldn't get fired. <laughs> so he would try and sub in players who, like, were, haven't been on the team in 10 years. So he was kind of... like, celebrities. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we got to get a... Uh, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, Frank Sinatra in there. 
Yeah, old Frankie's going to put us over the top here. <laughs> He's playing right field tonight. Yeah, by the end, he was kind of um, the manager the same way I would be paying for a toy. My dad would give me the $20 to give the cashier. Yeah. Uh, there are other people on the team. But this guy's clear this guy's seen a ton of baseball, and he said at the player that we are going to talk about, Rube Waddell was the most talented pitcher that he has ever seen. So, Rube Waddell was born outside Bradford, Pennsylvania on October 13th, 1786. Uh, he's an absolute lunatic, and I, I want to real quick cite my sources. I got most of my info from a 2013 book by Alan Levy called Rube Waddell, The Zanny Brilliant Life of a Strikeout Artist, and I found a podcast called The Dollop, which was absolutely hilarious and talked about the whole thing. I highly recommend you listen to it. I, I need to get that shout out just in case I wind up copying something. So, upon being born in 1886 or 76, uh, Waddell was described as a decidedly different sort of child. Uh, he did not go to school at all, and everything he did strengthened his left arm. Also, you guys can chime in whenever you want. There's going to be because there might be moments where I start laughing so hard I can't speak, and you might have to take over. So his entire childhood was basically dedicated to his left arm on accident. He worked as a miner in his youth. Uh, he honed his accuracy and strength by completing his favorite hobby. He would go outside. And throw rocks at birds. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, it sounds like a good time. I mean, I also uh, trained my left arm a lot, you know, when I was working at the uh, ice cream shop over the summer. So, <laughs> no, the, uh, But did you throw rocks at birds? I did, did not. You? That is why I'm not a baseball player. He's a pitcher, right? Yes, he's a pitcher. It's good, for, it's good for accuracy. Yeah, absolutely. It's good for oh, accuracy. Yeah, yeah we're, we'll learn about... Have his... you seen that video of Randy Johnson? You know, when he threw it at the, the yeah, bird, the bird was crossing, just exploded. Yeah, the bird was crossing yeah. home plate when he threw it. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, Elliot, a baseball player once, or Han Henry, he threw a ball and a bird swooped in, and he, like the bird got obliterated. It just disintegrated. Oh, I yeah. think I've heard about. that. I wonder yeah. what the ump called that. It was just like a re. I think re, it was just a redo. Redo pitch, or a, I mean, technically a ball. Probably a mess to clean up. Yeah, t- technically a ball. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was technically a ball. Yeah, I guess you did. Well. Anyways, oh, I'm going to lose my train of thought so many times. So he'd throw rocks at birds, and I guess he grew up playing baseball in the sandlot. And by age 18, his talents were noticed to the extent that he was signed to a minor league team in Butler, Pennsylvania, where his catcher nicknamed him Rube. Now, Rube it means uneducated yet lovable. <laughs> Uh, basically, the modern equivalent of calling someone a goober. Uh, the, <laughs> oh, we got to bring that back, by the if, way. If you're Let's laughing at goober, goobers. it's going to be a long No, it's, li- it's like uh, Meet the Robinsons because the kid that plays baseball's nickname is Goob. Oh, that's white. Sneaky reference. Oh, reference? yeah, you're right. Yeah, good one. <laughs> so the name stuck immediately because everyone's like, yep, the, the, this is what the guy should be called. Rube was incredibly good at baseball, but he didn't know how to play. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta know how to play. Yeah, I'd say it's a. Wait, a how does play. that work? Just luck? Well, he had to have it described to him. Elliot, do you know how you make an? Uh, how do you throw someone out in baseball? I don't know. You know okay, well, no. basically, I mean, RJ, you want to just explain generally? Uh, normally, be ball. Uh, yeah, ground ball. Throw it to the first baseman, oh. and if his his foot's yeah. on the bag when he catches the ball, being out. Yeah, I've played Wii baseball. I nice. I understand. I love Wii baseball. I could talk for twenty minutes about Wii baseball. It gets pretty heated. But anyways, uh, Rube could not understand that concept. So what he would do is when someone was running to first, instead of throwing it to the first baseman, he would throw the ball at the player. <laughs> oh, that's. <laughs> 
Like he just saw a bird. Yes. And remember, this guy was throwing gas. Like this legendary manager who was also a racist, kind of a jerk. But he said that this is, uh, the the guy we talked about at the start, Connie Mack, said this is like the most talented pitcher ever. And here this guy is uncorking bombs at base runners, (laughs) trying to get them out like kickball style. What's that one game? I forget. Did you ever play that game when you're trying to run from like, there's two throwers and people are running base to base. You try to throw it at them. We played mat ball. I'm trying to think. I used to play it in my backyard. Okay. A lot of great backyard games out there. We'd we'd make sure to play with a tennis ball. Baseball would hurt too much. Yeah. Yes, it would. I mean, when players get hit by baseballs, even like a slider, they're still like, it hurts bad. And this guy's just, I mean, they're they're closer to him now that he's on the baseline. So he's just winding up people right next to him and mowing them down. I got hit in the face once when I was playing baseball growing up. That hurts. So Rue was known for that, and he was also known for he would get nervous sometimes he was pitching, and he would call all the outfielders and infielders off the field. He'd say, all defenders, get out of here. <laughs> now, this is significant because Rube, I mean, if, if he allows even a ground ball, he'd be the only person to field it. So what if it's just like a little pop fly? Yeah, a pop-up is basically a home run. But Rube was so brilliant that he would strike out the side nonetheless, and he often didn't even need outfielders. <laughs> For many innings, he, he, he could have just bunted it. Yeah, he, I I know. Yeah, that, that winds up coming up later. Okay. So he gets signed by Volant College to play baseball. This is back when they'd actually pay players to exclusively play baseball. Uh, he got free tuition and board, as well as free tobacco, <laughs> and he made a dollar a game, which is thirty three dollars in today's money. So here's how good Rube was last year: twenty two point four percent of at bats ended in a strikeout in Major League Baseball. Atlanta Spencer Strider was historically great at striking people out and averaged 13.6 strikeouts per nine. So Strider wouldn't pitch all nine innings. Rare for a pitcher to do that nowadays. But hypothetically, if he were to go nine innings, this would say that if he went nine, he'd get 13.6 strikeouts on average. Out of 27. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you, You got it. So... Uh, college baseball games are seven innings, okay? Rube averaged, not per nine, averaged 15 strikeouts. 15 out of the 21 outs were strikeouts. That's good for a 71 strikeout percentage over three and a half times the the normal one. So th- he was an unprecedentedly good at striking people out. Um, he also was a lunatic. That was his biggest claim to fame. I mentioned that he'd get nervous and tell his team to leave, but also when he'd strike people out, he would like to celebrate quite a bit. Uh, he would do somersaults, <laughs> uh, handstands, and cartwheels. And the home fans loved him, but this is in the, like, I mean, you talk about treating, like, respecting the game. This is where it peaked right here, and the other fans just wanted to kill this guy. <laughs> like, if you're on the, if you're on the road... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, opposing players, opposing fans just hated when he would do this. But he'd do it nonetheless. So he signs with the Louisville Cardinals in 1896, and he got fined 50 bucks for heavy drinking. That's the equivalent of 1,650 bucks now. And he also, and that's that's relevant or significant because fine 50 bucks. He signed for 500 total bucks. So Rube quit. Uh, this took place over two days. So he couldn't even unpack. Yeah. He was already off. Wait, the- he got hired and like quit immediately? Yes, within two days, he went from on the team to quitting. <laughs> Dang. Bad policies. Happens to the best of us. Yeah, I, that's, yeah that'll probably be me at WSUM next semester. <laughs> Uh, well, we will uh, happily take over for you. I mean, oh, there are three so of much. us. So. I'd be a great sports director. Oh, you, you definitely would. I'd, we, we could use that. Maybe I'll resign. But so, anyways, Rube heads to Detroit. 
and gets fined 50 bucks for playing baseball with little kids during an off day. He would go to the sandlot and like, and people are saying that you know, this coach didn't like that. He's wearing his arm out because he's out here throwing gas at little kids playing baseball <laughs> in the street. Was he like still throwing the ball like yes. at them? Well, not at them. Oh, uh, he, learned, actually, he, he learned his lesson. Did. Yeah. Did he learn his lesson? I don't know. I mean, it seems like, I mean. Oh, he I understood the rules at that point. No, I guarantee he was throwing the balls at the kids. Maybe at that point. so. Maybe Just because that's such a funny visual. I if mean, if they ticked him off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Supposedly he would he would take it easy on them quite a bit. This is something he was known for throughout his career. Their parents would send them to go play baseball. With yeah, him go, to go, get go play baseball with Rube. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets fined fifty bucks for it. So he quits. Uh, this took place over nine days. So he's spent 11 total days on two teams, pitching incredibly, mind you, for both teams, but they cannot stand him. So he kind of disappeared for a bit. I want you guys to guess what he did on the side while he was out of baseball. Uh, I mean, I go. Oh. Balloon animal Balloon. artist. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to go with the ice cream scooper just because I know if he had a lot of left arm strength, that would have been a very good... Uh, skill to have yeah. in oh, the yeah. ice cream industry. Uh, so. I'm gonna say like some kind of like blue collar labor. Okay, uh, he worked for the circus, wrestling okay. gators. <laughs> wow. Wait, hold on. I Florida man. A gator. <laughs> That's a good way of describing him as Florida man, Henry. Yeah, he would get paid for the circus to go around, and all of a sudden, one of the baseball people was at the circus, and they saw this dude, this legendary pitcher. They knew it was kind of mythical out here attacking crocodiles for fun. So, anyways, he restarts his baseball career for the Columbus Grand Rapids in 1988, and this is where it, it gets crazy. Uh, usually at MLB games, players take batting practice two hours before the game. Uh, they talk with fans, etc. You've been to a ton of games, yeah. RJ. Uh, getting ready for games is a whole ordeal. It's cool for fans, too, to see batting practice if you get there an hour early. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they then go back in the clubhouse, get ready for game time. They do some more stretches, talk with the other team like 30 minutes before the game. They get introduced like five minutes before the game. Then they take the field, and it starts. Meanwhile, Rube would go through the main fan entrance five minutes before the game and walk down the bleachers to the field. On the way, he would steal people's food. <laughs> Start. I thought you were going to say, like, he would give them high fives and nope. sign autographs. Nope. Start, start fights with fans. Oh, He's just like me for real. Yeah. <laughs> and chug people's beers. <laughs> this reminds you five minutes before he was about to pitch professionally. Uh, also, As he should. Yeah, he did not show up to the game in his uniform, so he would change his uniform <laughs> while walking to the pitcher's mound. <laughs> Jeez. Wait, is so there any, like, actual, like, f- is there film on this? No, this was the early 1900s, oh, yeah. so unfortunately not. Uh, he also didn't wear underwear. I mean, it was the early 1900s. I don't think anyone did at that point. Uh, well, <laughs> so this dude is, I mean, he has this whole tradition-built sport. He walks in and <laughs> takes people's booze, beats people up, <laughs> runs onto the field, shows his naked self to his audience, and then would go out and play the best baseball that people have seen. This guy was an absolute lunatic. The home fans loved this guy so much. The away fans I mentioned before hated him. Mind you, he still had his over-the-top celebrations that would be looked down upon now, I'd say. And the fact doing this in the eight or the early 1900s is insane. But like any superhero, Rube had a weakness. He was distracted very easily. Can tell. Yes. <laughs> so away fans would hold shiny objects. Okay, I'm sorry. I just got to interrupt really quick. This guy sounds like a Popeye character. Like if there was like a Popeye the Sailor oh Man gosh. short about like 
uh, some like crazy <laughs> drunkard uh, baseball player. I feel as though this guy would be it. He's very Popeye-esque. Yeah. Uh, you'd hold shiny objects, and Rube oh. would go into a trance. Oh, what? A trance? He would just become like, he, he couldn't focus on anything else. He would just get drawn into these shiny spoons that people Again, were Again, he's up. just like me for real. Yeah. yeah. Throwing yeah. baseballs at children, getting distracted by shiny things. <laughs> Honestly, man of the people. Yeah, when I talk for too long on the show, Alex Schuster holds up a spoon, and I kind of stop talking. Yeah. Uh, fans would also bring cute puppies to the game. <laughs> Why? And when Rube would see them, he would stop pitching mid-game <laughs> and pet the puppy. I, I wouldn't have expected Rube to do something like that. Again, a man of the people. <laughs> you can see why they love this guy so much. I wouldn't much. have expected him to like pet the puppies, to be honest, yeah. just from what I've heard. Yeah, I would expect minutes. him to like take the puppy's beer or something. <laughs> So if he, this was crucial because it's almost like if he became distracted enough, Rube would just often quit the game and go fishing. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what? Again, a man of the people. Yes. Oh, goodness. So here's what Rube was known for the most. Uh, they say this on the Dollop podcast. Once again, please watch it. It's hilarious. They also have won the 1908 race around the planet, which was, I mean, it saved my playlist of favorite videos. Uh, this it says this in the book. I've seen it all over the internet. I need to verify this because it was true. When a fire truck would go by the stadium, Rube would immediately quit the game and chase it. Oh, Wait, wh- why? Is this why? Guy, like not secretly a dog? <laughs> Getting distracted by the shiny objects and the birds, and then like chasing after fire trucks. You're so right. He's literally a dog. He's a golden retriever of a man that would throw rocks. At birds. Yeah, guys. The yeah, reason that he birds? um wanted to uh, pet the puppies or whatever is because, you know, he was one of them. You're right, yeah, just talking with his kind. So, uh, at the time, uh, firefighting was a private business. It wasn't just, like, a a local utility. So, you almost had to pay, like, a subscription service to have them. So, people do is they would buy, like, their their right to a fire department, and they would, whenever Rube was having a good game, they would call the fire department. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Absolutely hilarious. And then, of course, this guy would immediately stop and chase it down. Uh, (laughs) So he moves back to Louisville and gets traded to Pittsburgh, which is a legitimate MLB team. So George Edward Waddell is officially in the big leagues. Uh, this is where I get to see his stats on Pro Baseball Reference, uh, like because beforehand it was like all, I mean, uh, anecdotal. His stats now I can like really see how he was. Uh, he led the team in runs allowed per game, uh, earned run average, uh, and he, he was nuts. Uh, last year's MLB offenses averaged four and a half runs per game. Rube pitched and finished just about every game except when fire trucks would come, <laughs> and his earned run average was two point three seven. However, his record was still 8 and 13 because he committed a ton of errors. Uh, Rube was often drunk during games, and while he could still throw really well, he could not field a ball, so players could just bunt, like you said, RJ, and Rube would just trip out. Uh, it was an unsolvable strategy, a weakness in his game, so his manager tried to suspend him. Uh, due to his constant drinking, so Rube threatened to shoot him. Oh, <laughs> yes. Rube also had pistols with him at all times and was willing to. As use most them. people did back then. Yes, of course. Like. Yeah. Okay. This. I'm gonna go once again. Having pistols with him, he's like a drunk baseball player that's easily distracted by shiny objects and fire trucks. This guy sounds like a Hanna Barbera character or something. <laughs> he's an 
absolute lunatic. It's so funny. So he pitches at a different league for a year, and Connie Mack, the manager I talked about before, sees Rube's potential and signs him to a minor league team called the Milwaukee Brewers. So oh, Brewers nice. used to be a minor league team. Yep. So Rube, this is where he really piled up some amazing stats. He once picked, pitched 26 innings in two days. Uh, nowadays, pitchers, it's rare for them. Only one Brewer pitcher last year went nine innings. This guy went 26 in two days. He did it because manager Connie Mack offered him a three-day fishing trip <laughs> if he would do it. Well, I have a feeling that the reason he signed up for the Brewers in the first place is because he probably thought, like, oh, yeah, they'll give me free beer whenever I want it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he wanted to get paid in tobacco initially. So yeah, I mean, this, this dude is of. built different. Uh, yeah. It's good managering. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're, you're so right, RJ. Kind of tailoring himself to yeah. his players' needs. So Pittsburgh sees how good he is, uh, his old team, and they want him back. So he begrudgingly is forced back to the team whose manager he threatened to shoot. And then two days later, he gets kicked off the team. He goes back to Milwaukee? Yeah. Uh, well, no. At this point, uh, he has to go to the Chicago Orphans, which is a real team. I looked into it. Amazing name to call your team. I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> That's kind of crazy. What, what, do you, what's, what do you brand yourself? What's your mascot if you're the orphan? A really sad Victorian child. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Batman. I'd go to that. So he gets suspended soon after and quits the team. At this point, Rube wore red under his uniform. So when a fire truck came, he could follow it and help put out the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, this is a professional baseball player. He do this in the middle of games. Okay. So after he gets or he quits Chicago, uh, Rube plays in Wisconsin for a little bit and Los Angeles. But when Connie Mack caught wind that he had or that he was in Los Angeles, he had the Pinkertons. That's the word it uses. I think that's like, was it police officer? Yeah, it's a Weezer album. It's private detectives. <laughs> okay, it's well, like a private investigator. I appreciate it. The Pinkertons go to L.A. and force Rube to go back to Pennsylvania. And place him under house arrest. Oh my God. Why? Because they want him to pitch for Philadelphia, and they don't want him to be <laughs> himself. So they thought, if we can just trap him in his house, then he'll settle down, and we can focus on making him pitch. So Mac forced uh, Rube to stop alligator wrestling. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. Don't you Yeah, you can't take away a man's right to alligator wrestle. <laughs> and instead had him play rugby during the offseason. So this... It kind of helped him get his energy. It was really good for him. I mean, it let him you burn that energy in a, a, a healthy way. So over the next eight years, from 1902 to 1909, Rube reached his apex. He led the league in strikeouts six straight years, including breaking the all-time record at the time by over 100. Uh, his ERA was never worse than 2.44. For reference, a 2013 a pitcher who was named best pitcher, Garrett Cole, had a 2.63 ERA, so he's pitching better than pitchers by modern standards, although obviously you can't compare the games entirely. Yeah, Garrett Cole would probably own this guy, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, so Cole was given the Cy Young Award for being the best pitcher, named after the great pitcher Cy Young, who played during Rube's era. Both these guys were fierce competitors. Uh, Young really respected Waddell, so he was the best left-handed pitcher of all time. Obviously, Young was right-handed, so he had no problem saying that. So Young and Waddell squared off on July 4th, 1905. These two combined in probably the greatest game of baseball ever played. Uh, usually, a pitcher, if they throw more than 100 pitches, they're really pushing themselves, expect to be out of the game soon. Young and Waddell each pitched between 250 and 300 pitches in one game. Dang. And it, after 20 innings, 
Ruth Waddell came up to the plate as a batter with a chance to drive in the game-winning runs. Does he normally bat? No. 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 I mean, he's a pitcher, so he kind of has to, but no, yeah. he's not a normal. He's not Shohei Otani. Um, so he draws some weak contact. A slow roller is misplayed by the defense. The runs come in, and Waddell completes the save and gets the win in probably the greatest baseball game ever played. 20 innings, amazing battle between two legendary pitchers. That game ball would be worth a ton of money. Of course, Rube cashed in immediately afterwards at a local bar for some beer. Was it um? Was it a one nothing? Uh, I think it was. There was a bunch of uh, there was some runs scored due to error. I think the final score was four to two okay. because he drove in two runs with yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I mean, supposedly in there, uh, both both teams tacked on two runs in the thirteenth inning. But it's talking about how the fans were just like glued to their seats watching <laughs> this epic game. Uh, frankly, if that'd be like a nine hour game, I'd be like, can we just? Get this over. Yeah, with twelve. Well, one a game is nine inning, or a nine inning game would be like around three hours. So then another game would be eighteen innings. That make it like, yeah, like seven hours probably. Yeah, Se- that seven eight hours. Oh gosh, that'd be brutal. I mean, they're getting pay- their money's worth. Though. You're right. Yeah, I mean, imagine going to a game and you get to watch two games for the price of one. I mean, I would watch this guy for like, like a week. I mean, this guy sounds like he must have been like crazy to watch on the field. Yeah, you could bring your puppies and spoons. Yeah. And, yeah. and your fire trucks. <laughs> yeah, you get to uh, be part of the uh, part of the game. Yeah, so here's some of the stuff that Rube did on the side during that stretch. Uh, he got bitten by a lion. <laughs> what? Like, oh, <laughs> I thought you meant during a game. No, no, not during a game. <laughs> but on the side, he got bitten by a lion. He married and divorced at least three times. Uh, With the same person or different people? No, different people. He actually forgot how many times he got married, reportedly. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. He got arrested for being married to multiple people at the same time and throwing a clothing iron at his in-laws. Uh, he spent 10 days in jail for that offense. <laughs> he played literally hundreds of Sandlot games with little kids. Philadelphia kind of embraced it and kind of improved his image. Uh, he shot his friend in the hand by accident. I'm not sure if that was by accident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he knows how to aim stuff. I mean, he's probably locked in. Got kicked off the pro football team during tryouts for breaking a player's leg. Uh, they were just kind of warming up, and he landed a super dirty hit out of nowhere. And it looks like he could have been a multi-professional sport athlete instead. We will never know. There's actually a quote with someone saying, like, yeah, he showed a ton of potential. I guess we'll never know how good he is. So good way to add to his legend. Played goalie in a St. Louis soccer league, and he would live at the firehouse. So Rue became, became known for his heroism and reportedly saved up to 13 people's lives in Philly while helping the firehouse. Wow. Yeah, he was a, basically a hero, frankly. He saved a lot of people from drowning. There was one story where he was on a boat, and he heard someone yell, Help! And he immediately dove into the water, and then he came back up with something. Turns out uh, he saved a log, not a person. The help was from uh, the, the people above him. I don't know how he didn't recognize like where voices are coming from, but... It was because the uh, log was shiny. <laughs> yeah, I just reflecting. He lured him to a trance. I got to get that log. So Philly loved him because of his heroism. He was so popular that he did what some athletes try and do. He got into live acting. Uh, he was not a good actor, apparently. Uh, he did nonetheless. I mean, people would show up. To, just imagine if LeBron James was in like some sort of musical. I mean, you, it doesn't matter yeah, how good a scene would be. You've seen him in a couple movies, but yeah, nothing live. I, did you watch Space Jam 2? I did watch Space Jam uh, yeah, too. My, my friends and I watched that too. As it was a joke. It was pretty It was mid. so bad. I mean, give Porky Pig MVP. He scored like 14,000 <laughs> of their 18,000 points, but that, that's just me. Anyways, uh, Rube was known 
to improvise all his lines because he could not remember his script. So he was just an improv guy. He would occasionally walk in the middle of a scene he wasn't supposed to be in and just start, like, talking to the people. They had to be like, oh, yeah, hey there, buddies. <laughs> and he was most known for heaving the villain co-star across the stage further than <laughs> anyone else. He took special delight in picking this dude up and just heaving him across the stage. So Rube's popularity and success led to a new contract negotiation with the Philadelphia Athletics. Uh, however, the contract took a long time to get sorted out, which is surprising because Rube's not a, very focused on money. Uh, Rube's roommate, because they had to like, live together at the time, uh, demanded that there be a, <laughs> a no-eating-crackers-in-bed clause because I guess they would share the same bed and all the crumbs would get all over the sheets. So he just could not go to sleep if there'd be so many cracker crumbs in there. I'm going to be honest. That's like the most normal thing I've heard about <laughs> so far. You're not wrong. It's just like being a bad roommate. Yeah, it's just like, point. hey, don't eat your crackers in my bed. Also, I'm going to throw a rock at a bird later. <laughs> so uh, the, the money was given uh, and the contract was eventually worked out. He got a big pay raise. The money was given to him $10 at a time so he couldn't burn all of it at once. Uh, he was beloved in Philly, but the situation trended sour when Rube was unable to pitch in the World Series and Philly lost four games to one. Now, there were two reasons why this could have been. It's still widely debated. The first one is that Rube was paid off by betters. Uh, there's were people betting on the game back then? Yeah, I guess so. In 1905, anything to get your dough. I'm Just imagine how they'd be betting in today's. <laughs> 1905, I mean, FanDuel would go off in 1905. But uh, the two stories that you paid off by debtors, or there's my one I choose to believe. It was September 1905. This is where you got to play your best baseball because, like, the playoffs are coming up. You got to make that final stretch run. Uh, and the Athletics board a team train. One of the players comes in with a straw hat, and Rube does not like his hat. He thinks it looks very ugly. So when he sees the hat, he playfully charges his teammate to knock the hat off, and a massive team wide brawl ensues. Uh, Rube's shoulder. Reportedly gets ma- or gets mangled up in the battle, and that's why he claims he was not able to play. His teammates think that he took some bribes. The, the situation turns sour. He's traded to St. Louis, where he breaks the MLB record for strikeouts in a game against his old team. He was fired up. Yeah, he was. Talk about a revenge game. Uh, this guy absolutely went off. Uh, he was so they had to keep him under control in Cleveland or in St. Louis. So he was hired as a hunter. <laughs> During the offseason to keep him out of trouble, he would, like, get the owner's food, I guess. Just go out there. They'd rather him do that than fighting alligators and doing whatever nonsense he does. But Rube's alcohol became so severe that after allowing a home run in the game, Rube just collapsed. You, you allowed a bomb, watched it go, and then just <laughs> thunk on the ground. Uh, the, the pitching grit was forced back into the minors despite still being really, really good and uh, his manager, he had a good relationship with him. He lived with his manager to try to keep him out of trouble. Uh, this is where Rube starts to decline a bit. It's a very sad story. When a local dam broke, Rube, who's you know a big firefighter guy, uh, volunteered to stack sandbags in icy water that was like up to his armpit, it said. And he got pneumonia. Uh, the sickness became worse due to alcoholism. And on April 1st of 1914, Rube Waddell died at age 38. R.I.P. to a real one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rube dies, and his grave is originally unmarked, but his former roommate, the guy who had the cracker clause added to Rube's contract, put up a headstone which read, Rube Waddell had only one priority, 
to have a good time. That's that's what amen, we all sh- brother. That's what we all should be doing. Yeah, amen. Uh, I guess I can't confirm this, but there was talk that the original idea was to put party animal on his gravestone, but they decided against it. Yeah, and he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1946. His stats are legendary, and this guy, I mean, we talk about things just, I I think about, because some of the stuff that happens in baseball or sports in general now that get a big rise on social media, like Draymond chokes a guy, and the media explodes. Yes, he's considered messed up. I'm looking at all these things that he's done. These would just break the internet. Yeah, that is fair, yeah. Like we Today, talk, yeah. Yeah, we talk about Kyler Murray's contract where he wasn't allowed to play video games. Like, he was getting destroyed on the internet. The memes were plentiful. Imagine the no-cracker clause, how people <laughs> react to a contract holdup because this guy refused to let his roommate eat crackers in bed. This guy wouldn't last an, a, a week in the MLB. Yeah, you're He'd right. He'd be banned. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> That's crazy. just kept going from team to team. I know. Yeah, he was just, I mean, if an average player was doing this, no way they'd be allowed, but... Uh, Rube was just built different. So I want your guys' opinion. Uh, I tried to come up with a good way to end the story, but I couldn't. So what do you think is the moral of the story? You know, I think more important than the moral is uh, how people can make money off it today. I think we need a biopic about this guy urgently, right? It's been a while since there's been a big sports movie. Uh, I mean... I think it's time we do a uh, biopic. But what about like a comedy movie? Yes, like yeah, like a slapstick sports movie biopic. Yeah, who do you think would play this gentleman? Will Ferrell. <laughs> it's all. I mean, it's all pretty interesting. I just some of it I got to see it to believe it, sort of thing. I I I understand that. Um, yeah, that, that's fair. As Morgan Feller joining us from the uh, what's, what's show TBD, right, Morgan? Uh, your show on yes. Tuesdays. Yes. Tuesdays at 7. Nice. TBD to be determined, unfortunately. Uh, I did not get the memo about the... Um, the open schedule. The open schedule, yeah. so my spot got taken up. But I figured I would still, you know, hop on the mic and... Sorry and about that. Yeah. Well, it's okay. Did you take, take <laughs> a three-hour spot? That is okay. We, it was just, fair game. We so. just finished talking about an 1800s or early 1900s baseball player who would chase after uh, fire trucks and would uh, love puppies. Um, and Henry said he should be played by Will Ferrell. It's funny because in the, the video I watched about this, the people also said we should make a comedy of this uh, where Will Ferrell plays him. So Wait, I guess that's seriously? A, yeah, so I guess that's a, a common theme. For our final segment here, uh, I had this written down just in case we need to get to it. Uh, I kind of burned through the, the baseball story. I, can't, I still can't believe that dude is insane. So to end it off, our final show uh, of the year, and we each want everyone to talk a little bit about what we want from sports in the coming year. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I want for Christmas. I actually, uh, all I asked for was a new Wii remote. Um, <laughs> I only have three. I need to get those four-player games of Wii tennis going. However, there's quite a bit that I would ask for as a fan. And to let you guys think, I'll, I'll go ahead and go first. Baseball, I, I love you. I, I really do. I'm wearing my Brewers stuff. I love going to the games. But the fact that you can pay a player more than what my owner's total 100%. net worth is breaks my brain a little bit. Uh, I understand there can be discrepancies in the amount of money that you're giving your team, but the Dodgers are out here tripling, I think, the Brewers, and I think that there has to be a salary cap in baseball. So 100%. if I had to wish something for Christmas, baseball needs a salary cap big time. And then what's the like? What's the point he's getting paid like pretty much his entire salary after like the contract's up? Like, can you do that in other sports? I that's a good question. I don't think so. Seems well, maybe not that much at least. Yeah, I don't think to the extent. Million. It's gonna be like. It's Bobby Bonilla Day now. It's going to be Shohei Otani yep. Day in the future. Yeah, except like way, way, way more. more. Did you hear about that, Henry? 
Uh, what? Uh, the Shohei Otani deal. Um, no, I didn't. Okay, so the, this incredible baseball player, he's getting paid uh, $700 million over 10 years, except his all the money's coming, or most of it, he gets paid $2 million a year, and then after he retires, he's going to get $68 million Jeez. every year. I mean, do you think teams should be allowed to kind of go take out a loan on themselves and some mean, players? I'm going to be honest. That's, like, so much money. I can't even, like, imagine how much that is. But I feel as though, like... I don't know. It seems like basically like whichever team has the most money at that point just gets to like buy whatever players they want and win the game that way. Nope. So I, I guess that's my issue with it. Well, Henry, that's something that all baseball fans have been saying for literal decades. So <laughs> I'd say you're on the money in that one. Any of you guys want, or I mean, Ellie, I'm sure you've got something on your wish list for Christmas. Uh, mine's probably on. the most uh, likely sports thing. I want the Vikings to not win a Super Bowl. Ooh, that's, that's as that's someone from Vikings. Minnesota. So you don't want them to? I hate the Vikings. That's Why kinda, is that? Wow. Because I'm a Packers fan and a Bears oh, fan. Which like Wait right there. That makes no <laughs> sense. So I'm from I'm from Detroit, but I hate the Lions. So it's Valid. kind of a similar thing. Yeah. No, my Lions. parents. Can y'all, ex- can y'all elaborate my, on that? My parents said that I can date whoever I want as long as they're not a Lions fan. So. <laughs> okay. Um, no, my mom's from Eau Claire and my dad's from right outside Chicago. So I just like grew up in the split household. So I'm a Packers and a Bears fan. But I grew up in Minnesota. So I only cheer for the Wild, the Saints, and the Lynx as far as Minnesota teams are concerned. I cheer for either Wisconsin or Illinois. Yeah. In all other aspects, we'll, uh, we'll we'll let that slide. But RJ, <laughs> you, you hate the Lions when you're from Detroit. I mean, D- Detroit fans hate the Lions quite a bit too. No, this one's going to performance on the field. Fan. Yeah, right now it's annoying because they're good. <laughs> but um, should I say what I want from Go sports? I mean, I got a couple of things. I lo- I I 100% agree what you said about baseball. I could have went that direction. Um, I have two things. First off, something about the NFL. Um, it's going to be hard to do anything about this. I don't think they will. But the, I just think it's a little bit, like, kind of... It's it's not that fair to have, like... So the Eagles and the Cowboys right now, they're battling for their division. They're both 10-4. and four. One of them's going to be left out. They're going to be the five seed going on the road and playing, like, an 8-9 and nine Buccaneers team that's going to be hosting them. I think that's not very fair. I know, like, <laughs> the Buccaneers are going to be hosting a team that had... Probably, I'd say the Cowboys finished twelve and five, had eight, four more wins than them. I think maybe like you see, like in um, the NBA, they just do like the top eight. Of course, they've like done a little playing now. But what if the NFL just did like, con- I mean, not scrap the division. You still play your divisional opponents twice a year, but kind of just did like the top eight in each conference. And there wasn't really any like everybody's the ho- the home team's the best team sort of thing because like. We saw the same thing last year when the 9-8 Buccaneers played the Cowboys. The Cowboys just, they still went to Tampa Bay. They just railed them. But it's nothing that's going to change. It's just something I've just, like, thought about a little bit just because it seems a little bit unfair that a team's going to have to go on the road when they're the much better team in the playoffs. Morgan, what do you feel about this one? I I was just going to pitch, and I actually really like the idea, and I think it's really interesting to to think about. I just think like the tradition of football it's not going to change. It's not going to change. Right. It it's would just be change. so hard to change. And yeah. I really like the idea of the plan in the NBA. I'm glad you mentioned yeah. that. And maybe the NFL could adopt something um, you know, of of that nature, but having the top 8 teams, you know, would make it a lot more competitive. Yeah. You're leaving out great teams because you have, you know, crappy divisional yeah. teams. Exactly. The, like South, the, NFC South the, the South is terrible. Yeah, the NFC South is terrible this year. 
I don't know. I kind of. I might have to tell Santa not to give you that because I, 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 I'm personally not a, a, a big fan. I definitely understand the argument, but I love it. The fo- tracking bad teams making the playoffs, and they usually do pretty well. Uh, the Commanders, uh, then Washington Football Team, almost beat Tom Brady in that playoff game when they went seven and nine and won the division. Yeah. And of course, who can forget the amazing beast quake run from Marshawn Lynch? Exactly. Uh, I just think that yes, it's, it's awkward and weird, but I think that the. The extra bonus of of more uh, winning the division. meaningful divisional yeah. games, I think, makes up for it. But yeah, I understand. And then, just one more thing. Go for it. Uh, just this just comes from like the heart, just because I grew up playing the sport my entire life. I'd like just more recognition around the sport of hockey. <laughs> yeah. Just like I need, they've started getting better now. It's going on ESPN a little bit. It's going on TNT, but uh, like still like even on like radio shows, like just. ESPN in general, like I need more like hockey talk, more hockey analysts, like breaking stuff down like they do for the NBA and the NFL. It's just like it's too good of a sport that I feel like pe- more people need to know about it. Hockey is the most entertaining sport to watch. Yeah, it's, Ooh. I'll say it. Have it's you been to favorite. any hockey games at Madison and Elliott? Not at Madison, but oh, you gotta get I to went one. to one of my best friends. His brother plays for the Northeast Generals. I want to say I can't remember. It's Whoa. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. He's a goalie, but I've like seen a few of his games, which are really fun. But I like watching men's hockey because they get to check. We I like good, we have a good team. I like mm-hmm. when they hit each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been to games where people have signs that say "I'm only here for the fights." Um, <laughs> That's the yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Not not just with hockey, but in sports in general, where they pay for the broadcast of games and then they just don't talk about them. Like I think that we've seen that the last uh, Sports Center baseball related post was uh, the Dodgers have been eliminated from the postseason. Um, so I didn't even know what it's like for hockey. So I kind of must show it that the problem's way worse. Because, yes, uh, hockey's not as big of a sport, but it's it's got a really passionate niche, and I think that that niche is yeah. growing considerably. No, it is growing. I'm just hoping for the growth to increase even more. I mean, I've never been to a hockey game, but I think, I mean, what, like, really, like, astonishes me about it is just, like, all the spectacle. Like, I was like, have you guys... You guys know, like, the Vegas Knights, like, how they do the whole intros? Like, yeah. those are insane. Like, I can't imagine any other sport doing that where you have, like, these projectors overhead and stuff and just, like, all that. Like, like they really make a production out of it. And I, like, respect the hell out of that. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. So, I think I think more sports should take that from hockey. A little bit more uh, theatrical oh, definitely, presentation. Yeah. And get better mascots. I, see, I want to go to a Flyers game just to see Gritty. Oh, yeah, like that's yeah, talk about being ahead of your time. Teams mascots need to be like on that level. Yeah, it's hilarious. Henry, do you I have like uh, anything you're cheering for? You, well, you want for Christmas that's sports related or otherwise? I guess. Oh well, uh, otherwise, of course, uh, I would like a brand new uh, microphone. I'd like a record player for my radio show. I uh, know, but uh, <laughs> wow. Now, um, now for Christmas sports related, I gotta say. Uh, 1971 was a very good year for the Dolphins. Uh, we could go for another undefeated season. Why not, you know? Yeah, uh, I think it was 72, but with you nonetheless. I was testing you, yes, of course. Oh. Uh, 1972. <laughs> um, 1972, perfect year for the Dolphins. I say uh, let's make 2023-2024 uh, uh, another undefeated season. Well, I hate to break you, but they, they have actually lost a game this year. <laughs> Oh no! I mean next year. Oh, I see. Okay, twenty four, twenty five. Yes. Yeah, you talk about broken playoffs. Those that that's that, oh my goodness! The Dolphins had to play a road playoff game, somehow. This at, year, if they had to this year. No, 
in their undefeated season. Oh, they did? They had to play at the Steelers. That. Yep. Something about last year, I don't get it, but... They could still have to play a road playoff game this year. Yeah, you're right. Oh, your Bills are sneaking up on them. Yeah, if we take the division. Yep. I'm oh, with you. Yeah, and uh, I, I said to start the snow that this would be the first show where I was not joined by Alex Schuster, and I lied. Uh, he has arrived here with 10 minutes left in the show, and you you got a take for us. Uh, you're not a microphone right now, but I mean, I'd be happy to leave my chair and let the artist do his work, so... Why don't you come on in here and tell us what you want to share? I'm I'm so happy that I was able to make it. I had uh, a final presentation uh, that wrapped up uh, unsurprisingly early uh, based on the work that we put in prior to the presentation. (laughs) But uh, quickly, I have, I mean, I've just had a list of ideas that uh, I've been meaning to get uh, out there as like a rate my take or so. So I'm I'm just going to roll through all of them with no context and then just see where we go from there. Is this like a like one out of five rating or a rapid fire? Yeah, rapid fire. Okay. All right. So athletes are the most likable when they still get excited about doing interviews. Like when the guys like mean to the media, that's when I start to not like a guy. Yeah, you should always be that. nice to the media. Yeah. Yeah. I think Giannis is like the perfect example. Yeah, like, like a, a player that stays with that young mentality where they're still excited. Like it's their first time getting an interview, the first time putting a mic in their face. They're like super excited about this. I know this is like brought up by some player in the locker room, like telling their team to quiet down behind them because they finally got an opportunity <laughs> yeah. to talk. So I, I think that's like one of the most likable characters. Did you see Drew Locke yesterday? You see Drew Locke's interview? I did not. He was like getting emotional. Oh, I mean, see, that's exactly what it yeah. is. Like when you like can tell how passionate a player still is about the game, especially when they still love the media side of everything. That's uh, one of my favorite aspects of a player. Um, so a Packers-centric take, the worst possible thing for Packers fans to do for the rest of this season and going forward uh, is for us to drop our expectations uh, since it just lowers the bar for the actual team moving forward. Yeah, that that should always be the Packers' expectation. I mean, we're a historic team. We should always feel like we have a team capable of going to the playoffs. They they should always be ready to do so. I mean, I think this team probably would have been capable to go like ten and seven or nine and eight if they didn't have a little slip up at the start. I mean, they started two and six. It's it's hard to get back from that, but. I mean, yeah, if you, Jordan Love is going to shape out to be a pretty nice quarterback, I think. So I don't think it's going to be much of a rebuild. It might just be a retool. All right, moving on from that. Uh, this was kind of a meme one uh, at the end here. Uh, Kadarius Tony is the wide receiver on Retro Bowl with max speed, decent stamina, uh, but basically no catching ability. Um, and, and Tyreek Hill is the complete opposite. He's the maxed out stats Retro Bowl wide receiver that you want on your team. His contract gets a little too big, and then y- you have to let him go. And then you draft this this star rookie. You think he's going to be good? So what? You can make up for the, for the, the speed, the stamina. He's going to be open. Uh, he'll figure out the catching. Ability just hasn't figured it out at all, and uh, I know this personal feeling for my retro bowl team, which leads <laughs> me into uh, the Chiefs could really use a player like Tyree Kill. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Alex, do you think that they'd give up a, a first round pick right now for Tyree Kill? Um, probably multiple, um, <laughs> and maybe some players thrown in there as well. But I, I think it's crazy. Like they won the Super Bowl the year after getting rid of him, and I think that narrative is is going to start turning around if we keep seeing uh, poor Chiefs wide receiver play. I, like, saw something. It said, like, Kadarius Tony might be the guy in there to, like, sabotage Mahomes' dynasty. Like, <laughs> maybe, like, somebody else brought him on. That's hilarious. That would be that would be awesome. I just feel bad for Mahomes at this point because he's just, like, he's doing all he can. He's making great throws, and then they just get dropped, and it's it's just miserable. 
I almost feel like when it comes to Kadarius Tony, you can almost make one of those impractical jokers memes where just someone's in his ear like, yeah, now now make sure you line up offsides for this upcoming lateral play or now fumble the ball and they'll burst out laughing. I, I think right. he's an undercover sleeper agent at this point. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be the, the next best reality TV show. Like if you wanted to take impractical jokers and, and put it on in the real world, but do it like having a player like that would be, would be like the absolute funny. Nobody else, nobody else knows what's going on except for him. If they reveal that in like a decade, like HBO Max comes out with something or like a, like a, a retired third, player comes back yeah, just for this, and they do their interviews like I, I did it all for the jokes. I, I did it on purpose. It would almost be just as impressive as him doing it on accident because it, it, it would take a lot of effort uh, to, to mess up that many times on purpose. Like Julio Jones going back to the going to the Eagles. Maybe he could have been just there for an impractical joker stint. <laughs> All right, Vince, what, what do you, what do you think based on my, my rapid fire there? I know I gave a, a lot. Uh, uh, I agree there. with the vast majority. Of them. The only one I don't is a Kadarius Tony one because, as someone who's played literally hundreds of retro bowl seasons, the guy—if you have no catching—that allows you to drop the ball over the top and instead of going up and slowing down their speed to go up and get it, they catch it in stride. So I, I prefer lower catching on my receivers. So I think that uh, Kadarius Tony is has in a retro bowl context is the guy with uh, the the toxic uh, morale. That makes him fumble quite a bit. I see. I like that a lot better. See, I, I, it's it's kind of a niche topic. If you're a retro bowl fan, you, you'll understand. But um, I, I, I would agree with that actually. I, I, I think that the catching ability has to be factored in somewhere. Like, what, what do you think his overall attributes would be? Like, if you had <laughs> just generalizing where the they would end up on that bar there. Yeah, I can't wait to see another team get like a free agent interested in signing with your team. This Kadarius Tony <laughs> with like the green morale yeah well I, I think it's just about time to get into the end here this i mean alex we're, we're planning on recording something during break right only on the interweb uh, i believe so yep i mean it's uh, of course our most popular episode was the time that we uh, tortured ourselves eating carolina reapers i mean oh boy you gotta do what you have what to do this? for the people <laughs> the, the best possible context i mean it content excuse me it, it I don't know how we can top that. We yeah, have something either. in the works, uh, just as a little teaser for probably podcast-only material. Yeah, yeah. Station closing down, but uh, yeah, to end the year, uh, this was a, a fantastically, hilariously broken mess of an episode that I enjoyed very much. Uh, we had a total of uh, four, five, six, seven people uh, appear during the show. Uh, so, I mean, I, I honestly didn't know who my partner would be at first. So, I mean, Morgan, Henry especially, RJ, Elliot, who I forced off of the microphone, and, of course, Alex Schuster. I mean, you, you literally sprinted here for the last 10 minutes of the show. And I, I hope this was uh, probably the most disorganized and also most entertaining se- section of the show. No, it was a mess, but we loved it. I'm, I'm excited to listen back and, and hear uh, exactly when I come into the room and just completely derail things. But, uh, <laughs> as always... Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back in the spring with more after further review content.